0: Jason Lee
1: Podcast. All right, we're back for an all new episodes of the Jason Lee Podcast. Woo
2: woo!
1: I'm gonna after what I've been through on this campaign, I'm gonna allow this applause to play out. It feels so good. That's a longer applause than I thought it was. Okay, it's so good to be back. Uh, You know, I'm on this campaign vowing to become the councilman elect of Stockton, California. And you know, people thought that this was a joke, but I'm just showing that you can make politics cool. I don't want to be a politician, never want to be a politician, but I also feel a sense of obligation to give back to my community i've always had a deep affection for stockton california shout out to the dirty 209 mudville you know that's what we call it i don't even what they call it a city hall but if they look across the street and see that homeless encampment out there that i put on social media the other day then they'll know i then they'll know what i'm talking about i love my hometown i love stockton to the point where i have move back, got me a house, got me an office. Rob has decorated the hell out that office. I'm gonna go ahead and give him the credit right now. The you office is officing my team is literally there right now as we're here speaking, building it, putting it together. Um and I'm just so excited about what's happening. I mean we young people are uh, involved with my campaign, older people, every ethnic group yesterday I went and did a community forum with the Vogue uh, League of Women Voters. And there was the political science majors from the uh, college in the room. They all want to now join my campaign because they love how we're getting younger people activated. What I love the most is that black and brown people are starting to realize how important government is and seeing all the type of people that are leading them in their children's lives. And they're like, yo, this is what's happening. And I really feel like if you go all the way back to slavery, this is why they kept books away from us because an educated Negro is a powerful thing. And people are seeing the more that they get involved with the campaign and they see how decisions are being made and the way that they're being dismissed and their interests and and then their dreams. And on top of that, just their everyday lived experience in Stockton. I mean, this past weekend, about a weekend ago, we flew in. uh, Did we talk about this on the last Mm -hmm. show? We flew into Stockton. Literally, me, Marina, Rob. Uh, Johnny, the whole team, Tiffany Haddish, Kalen, our makeup artist, and uh, and Catherine Bruton from BMI, the senior vice president of BMI. There were about 13 of us that we rented a private jet. We flew to Stockton. We went there to have a community forum with hundreds of people to talk about my campaign. If you missed it on my social media, take a look. we are getting ready to go to Stockton. We couldn't find flights to get there commercially, so we just, you know, we had to get there. Today is my community conversation, laid out my platform, my commitment to the community.
3: You talk about doing the real work, that's what we're here to do. Even on Grammy weekend,
1: get into it. We ain't just bringing friends, we bring bringing people that actually believe in the work.
4: That's what life is about, It's an adventurous journey. If you don't have the proper equipment for it, you're gonna fail. It's gonna be an That's even more know. difficult journey. Don't get me to cry.
1: See that sign where my billboard is right there? Uh
5: huh.
1: That's where I got shot. Uh, no way. Can
5: You one? All right. Hey, right. I hear anybody say, "Go, Jason." Go, Go Jason. Girls, come here, come sign in. Father we pray now for Mr. Lee and his team and father everything that he has plans for this city God we shall be victorious in it and we ask you now to open the hearts and the ear gates of your people amen
6: good
7: afternoon everybody it's me Malcolm everybody's favorite youth campaign manager
8: my common link with Jason is around kids in the Stockton area
9: district 6 has been continuously underserved.
2: Talking about the inequities, when we still have money that's unspent. Jason is all about holding people accountable.
8: And that's why I chose to endorse him 110%.
4: This reminds me where I come from. In the two hours, we've been here two and a half hours, I've seen a murder, I've seen a dude trying to steal the tires off of a car. Y'all got a lot of potholes. My head hit the roof of the car and I got injured. And it takes sometimes somebody with a big voice that's not afraid
1: to be like, y'all messing up, to, to make things change. And Jason is that person. You know, this is the second forum that I've held. Tonight, I want to talk about what I plan to do, and then I want to give you space to challenge me on those plans and tell me what else I'm missing. Part of eradicating strategic oppression is understanding where the power sits and the fact that people politic a $912 million budget and tell you they can't fix nothing.
3: What's his name, the city manager? I'm sorry.
1: Right. Know Know who your city manager, no, no, that's no shade. His name is Harry Black.
3: Thank you. I am a mother who had her
10: child
9: jumped by two adults.
5: Most of these kids don't have nothing to do. No community center, no nothing like that. A program where the youth in the city can go to and express their art.
11: So why don't you take the lead, come up with a plan, present it to
4: Jason or people like ourselves who's willing to invest in you. We have all these wonderful empty buildings downtown that we do not use. Get them filled up, medical facilities and something for our homeless here in Stockton. I would like to be able to come here and open up a grocery store. Loading back over here on the corner. I'll oh, this be the store.
1: You guys join my campaign. Get out there, get the votes, and get me in it's going to be a whole new day
9: thank you you for coming back to your hometown and igniting the fire that this city needs i'm excited for the future and i can't wait to walk through it with you thank you
7: for coming out and now you're in the hands of mr jason lee the change you can count on
1: I mean, how amazing was that experience? I mean, you've been to Stockton. You've been to, you're have been. a Stocktonian now, mm-hmm. pretty much. What did you think about uh, the experience?
6: To be honest, the experience, to see everybody come up again. And it's like, I, now I'm seeing the same familiar faces who just continually show up for you. And it's so amazing to see. But I'm not going to lie, the jet was jetting for me. Because it was my <laughs> first time on there. That's why I ordered the caviar, the lobster... Jason was like, who the hell ordered lobster on this plane that's only 45 minutes long? Well,
1: the lobster would have been okay if we were traveling to New York City. I mean, shout out to the flight attendant. We had one flight attendant for 13 or 14 people. And she did a phenomenal job at trying to serve champagne, serve drinks. You were getting your hair curled because you were going to the Clive Davis party when we landed. You were putting makeup on. Shout out to Kaylin. I don't know who the hell she turned into that night. Kaylin was standing up the whole flight working literally until we landed. And, uh, you know, the steak and the chicken was chicken and all that. But 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 out of that, you know, it wasn't about the jet. That was just yeah. the mode of transportation because it was Grammy week and we had a lot going on, which we're going to get into. But what, what was your experience?
11: It was insane because when we landed, we literally saw everything take place that you're fighting to stop, which was we saw a woman get stabbed in the face and her husband shot and killed by the police. We saw... The man trying to break, steal a tire off of a car while we were eating lunch, it just, the, the exactly. potholes right. in the street where, we, where Tiffany got injured in the car. It was just so much constantly happening within a two-hour time span. Within spend. a two-hour time span. It was insane. Yeah.
1: And we were able to visit the neighborhood that I'm going to be repping. Mm-hmm. And I'm claiming this. I'm manifesting. If you're in Stockton, California, if you're anywhere near the Central Valley, if you're anywhere in the, in the world and you know somebody in Stockton, call them and tell them to vote, because this is the change you can count on. I created that slogan because I wanted to find uh, something uh, to kind of encapsulate who I am. Anytime I say I'm gonna do something, anytime I say I'm gonna show up somewhere, I do it. My people will tell you not because they work with me. When I say I'm gonna do something, when I commit to building something or envisioning something, Me and Rob talked about the Hollywood Unlock Impact Awards. We called it Blogger Brunch because we really had a smaller (laughs) vision for what we wanted to do Mm -hmm. like over 10 years ago. The I Am Ready movement that I'm doing with my nonprofit, we started that 11 years ago, right? Everything is all about timing. And what I love about life and the love about God is that everything is happening... At the divine moment that is, and it's happening with the people that I like, the people that I chose uh, to to do this with me, Stockton. I think one thing for sure, you know, that point of seeing people showing up for me, like I've I found people that have invested in me, that believe in me, and this is what I will say that. Is so frustrating about politics. It's it. It should be a crime to earn people's trust to only not deliver on what you say, mm-hmm. right? I'm out telling people what I can do, what I can't do, what I intend to do, what I don't intend to do. I've said I'm going to donate my salary to the youth, starting a youth athletic commission. They're mm-hmm. they're getting ready to increase the pay from thirty thousand a year to seventy thousand a year. Every single penny is still going to go there. And what I what I what I know for sure is that I have a pulse on people, and I don't know how the ballots. You know, that's a private experience for everybody. Everybody gets to cast their ballot. But I have faith that my city is going to do the right thing. And we keep seeing the same people showing up. And I think Mm -hmm. they're invested Mm -hmm. in wanting to see a, a different outcome.
6: And I also want to say, too, there's, like, so many problems in my neighborhood down the street here. And I never thought, like... There was a guy that got hit in the intersection, all these problems. And then I'm like, wait, that's a city council's job. So I went online, I found my city council of my city and I wrote them an email. I didn't even know like the face of the person, but like you really are even inspiring me to be like, who does run my little town?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all watching Joe Biden and Donald Trump and why that is important, especially for people like us that travel the world, people like you who have family in other parts of the world. You know, the president, the vice president, really on foreign policy, climate, the big things that impact our world, global affairs, critical wars, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? Your potholes, out of control dogs, crime, you know, lack of investment in your community, no no way of creating small businesses, like those are all the things that your local people are responsible for. We have properties in LA, Miami, and Stockton, and I know the mayor of Miami, LA, I know the mayor of Stockton who just called me a minute ago. I don't know the mayor of Miami yet, but I'm going to find out who the mayor <laughs> of Miami is because I have a condo on the beach and and, and it's important to know who your people are because to not be involved in the process. You're literally moving through life every day with a complaint where there's no stop sign, too much traffic, gun violence, whatever. Change it. And what I hope I do, if anything, is show people that you could be cool, you could be lit, you can do all the things you do. This is an amazing day job, but you can still be involved with your community. And if you think you don't have time, there's no bags under these 46-year-old eyes yet, but I'm telling you right now, the way I'm zipping up against around this state and flying here, the way you're flying to Miami every week, we're doing the work. He's flying to Miami every, Miami every week to help Americans get healthy. To make sure that low-income families have access to healthcare. those of you that have been watching me in the build of hollywood unlocked from the beginning of the love and hip-hop era you know you've watched the growth i'm not embarrassed of the love and hip-hop uh days because that was just (laughs) a part of my journey and i think what i reflect the most is that where you end up is not where you start is not where you end up you know um i have a lot of great things about me and i have a lot of not great things about me and none of us live in a perfect world most of these politicians are out there selling you on this perfect story i'm this i'm this i'm this well guess what I ain't none of that. What I am is somebody who who came from where I plan to represent. And I plan to show all those people, one person at a time, what accountability looks like, but also how you can grow into becoming anything you want. And then this year, I'm so excited for our award show, the Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards. I want to find a way for fans, super fans of of ours that have been around for day one, to be able to attend because it is an electric day. From the day we walk in and we look at the tables being set the florals coming in the stage design the direction all that and you'll be involved this year on the mm-hmm. production side so like are you excited about the workshop this year
11: it's absolutely my, the, my favorite thing that we do every year so mm-hmm. it's the thing i look most forward to and i'm really excited that we actually are like stepping into it so much sooner than we have in the past um because mm-hmm. it's i think it's only going to make it that much grander yeah so i'm excited
1: are you excited for? Is it, this should be your second what? year.
6: It's my second year, but now since I've started to go to more events, this is no shade to the Beverly Hilton. But like when I see the other events getting put there, I can't help but always relate it back to the <laughs> Impact Awards because I'm like, Dang, there's
1: it's there much no measuring <laughs> up never giving
6: close to that. What so. was Cl-
1: you went to Clive Davis's party during? It's Grammy week just passed, as you know. We're gonna recap some of the Grammy moments, but you went to the gra- to Clive Davis's party. You literally landed in the jet. Didn't get your caviar, didn't get your lobster, no. but then you went straight to the party?
6: Which is fine. No, I came here to print out blue cards for the next day for the actual <laughs> Grammys for you. Okay. And then I went to Clive. And I remember like being so nervous because the invite's at 6.30, but I came at 9.30. I thought it was all over, but it was just starting. Right. Jason- Was
1: that your first time ever?
6: What? <laughs> yes. And right. I'm like, what is my life? But like- um. Serena Williams was there. She told me to tell you hi. Hey,
1: Serena. <laughs> <laughs> she
6: introduced Green Day. They didn't perform their album in 20 years. They were performing it. Um, who else was there? Cher was there. Tom Hanks was there. Meryl Streep was there.
1: Meryl, did you talk to Meryl? No. You didn't catch her walking to the bathroom?
6: <laughs> the security. So, you know how on the I, know, okay, I, you are, I I know. I, what I was this. with
1: Cardi last time. I went down Ooh. there. I, I went down there. They tried it. Last I was trip. even
6: trying to find Tiffany because we were just in Stockton earlier yeah. the and I couldn't get access to her. Because I was number. like, where the. I was in the back,
1: Listen, <laughs> but let me tell you, um, you walked up on Nancy Pelosi.
6: Walk, I just ran up on her because Jay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, h- h-
1: back, I'm a like, huge Na- Nancy Pelosi fan. Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker, House Speaker, right? Was she former? The yeah, former House Speaker. But she's led the Democratic Party on a national level for years. Um, did you watch Pelosi in the House? No, not so yet. Good, but I know you haven't guys- seen her. Documenting Pelosi in the House.
6: I haven't watched a lot of. stuff. Oh my
1: God, you watch that, you will. We already respect Nancy, but like when you watch that, you're like, yo, Nancy was a gangster. Yep. Okay.
6: And her man, Nancy Pelosi's man was right there holding his woman Who they
1: down. broke in his house yes. and hit him with a hammer. Crazy. This is why, even though I'm a little city council member mm-hmm. elect, soon to be, I have my armed security on, we, we on deck because they kill people who change laws. And when yep. you're running a billion dollar budget, which is what a city council member in Stockton would be doing, people, you never know what people's intentions are, but what I let them know. I'm a I'm a I'm a gun carrying, <laughs> gun licensed CCW. Don't walk up too fast. Mike you might get clipped because I'm going to make it home every night. And shout out to my security team and all the team that's been there. All right. Um I have to say uh thank you to Clive Davis and his team for allowing us to attend. I didn't go, but Marina did go, and I'm glad that you had oh, a chance. To attend and enjoy yourself.
6: Kiki ran up on me. She said hi. Like yeah, she ah, ran we up to Kiki. me. Love for... yeah. And then we, I tell you this one thing because I was gagging, and all of us there were like, oh my god, Ice Spice performed. You know she never pops out. She was twerking in this like loose dress, and then Clive Davis, bless his heart. I don't know how old he is, but he came up on the mic and was like, all right, let's move on. Right <laughs> after he shaded Ice Spice, he Clive. Didn't? Yes.
1: Well, Ice Spice walked. We're gonna t- we're gonna recap the car uh, the Grammy carpet. Lot. Everybody that's followed my career knows that I don't host red carpets. And the reason why I don't host red carpets is because I will not be able to handle people walking by me, looking me in my beautiful, hazel, (laughs) God-created eyes, and denying me the privilege of having a conversation. I also am not going to be the guy that says, hi, so exactly what are you wearing today? You'll look phenomenal. No, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a moment. Because if I can't catch you at the Jason Lee show, I'm going to give you a little appetizer on the red carpet. I have to say major, 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 major shout out to the Recording Academy because I'm telling you what my legacy will be when it is done is that I am a fearless person when it comes to moving an agenda. When I started Hollywood Unlocked and my writers would go out to red carpets, they would be treated so disrespectfully by... uh, the, commu- the, the entertainment community, um, publicists, and different uh, media brands that wouldn't give us the respect on the carpet. There was this whole um, evidence-based approach of filming, how they were segregating the red carpet, pulling black journalists and black-owned media at the far end of the carpet, mm-hmm. where, where, where celebrities had red carpet fatigue. By the time they got to them, they wouldn't give us any moment. And then we were just going out there for no reason. And so we then started filming people we started filming us interview people on the carpet to catch the shade behind the scenes, people walking by us. And as you know, if you've been watching, we started calling celebrities out. I went on The Breakfast Club, had a whole conversation about it. And I slammed the NAACP awards, which by the way, we still haven't been invited back, but that's okay because I don't need to be around a bunch of uptight uppity Negroes who think that they're better than everybody else. And honestly, I'm doing damn good all by myself. I got my own show, you know. but, but you know, when I look at how things have progressed with the Recording Academy, and we're gonna talk about Jay Z and everything he said. We are the evidence that if you keep fighting and if you keep an open mind, you can find a solution. I became a champion for all of black media to be able to be treated with uh, respect and, and, and um, fairness on the red carpet. And this year, and you know, a few years ago, I became the, uh, a member of the Recording Academy on the professional side and we've been going to the Grammys, but this year we built out our own set uh, right there on the Grammy red carpet, right next to Billboard and People, right between People and Billboard. Mm -hmm. What I loved about it is we weren't at the end of all white media, we weren't at the beginning, we were right in the mix of it. And I have to give a major, major shout out to Harvey uh, uh, Mason, uh, the CEO of the Recording Academy, who I did interview on the red carpet, I'll show you about that in a minute. Also to Andy Cox, specifically to Andy Cox, who uh, uh, runs the communications over there for the Recording Academy, who we can text, we get on a call, we talk, we go through, you know, other people who should be on the carpet because it ain't just all about me. And Andy has done a phenomenal job with her team, making sure that they ask me my ideas, they ask me my input on stuff. And, you know, I'm not any official capacity over there, but I would if they had the budget. <laughs> Uh, to consult them but I think they're moving in a great space and shout out to Ryan Butler with the Black Music Collective before we get into the Grammy red carpet you and I went to the Black Music Collective mm-hmm. and that party by my friend Ryan Butler who is a senior vice president of DEI over at the Recording Academy he set that up for us to be able to honor the culture this year they honor Mariah Carey Lenny Kravitz and a host of other people that was your first time going to that. Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out to Steve Harvey and um, Kelly Clarkson for not really valuing Marina because we were able to take her from you. <laughs> when you have talent like this in the building, you should invest in it because I'm putting her in all the rooms she should have been in. She already met the president. At this point, it ain't nothing y'all could do. All right, so. <laughs> you took all the thoughts I've ever thought. I don't want you to get in trouble with them people. Oh. All right, so. Black Music Collective, what was your experience with that?
6: First of all, we were at the table with the White House and Catherine, the Catherine Bruton. It was a gag. I've never seen Mariah in real life. She doesn't walk. She floats to her seat, her light. I think we talked about the last podcast too, but it was everything that I needed to give. But with you there, it's really interesting. I've never really seen you as a guest. I have in other places, but whenever we're going somewhere, you never really enjoy the space, you're constantly like, come to the show, come to the show, we're going to talk to them. And everyone's coming up to Jason, like, congrats on Stockton, congrats on the show.
1: I could look in your eyes and realize that you didn't really understand how amazing and iconic I am. (laughs) But it's okay. But
6: you work, you don't, you don't like, no, I'm saying, no, yes, you are iconic, but you don't like let it simmer and like take the day off and like just drink and just have fun. You're constantly like,
1: thinking get your, let me get your number yeah. when are
6: you coming to the show yeah and everyone loved you
1: yeah well th- we brought this up the last podcast but we didn't have this clip there was a moment an iconic moment where i ran into andrea day who i love to death oh. as you know is everything i remember her from the um the r&b live days and now she's a golden globe winner and i ran into her right after speaking to jordan sparks who will be coming on the show soon but as i was talking to her lenny kravitz was talking to the iconic debbie allen And Marina was somewhere behind us all posing because that's what a poser does. Take a look. Let's
12: get one right here. Let me. Right here. Let me get the two of you. Right over here. Watch over here. Lenny, right here. Let me. Let me get the two of you right here, Lenny. Let me get the two of you right here. here
1: what a moment yeah anyway so that was we talked about that the last one but there's the video that came out since it's on my instagram and for more of that you can go over there all right let's get to what everybody showed up for i couldn't find my straw it's the tea with jason lee We made it on the red carpet of the Grammy. Oh my God! <laughs> the hell? Anyway, we made it on the red carpet of the Grammy, so shout out to Harvey Mason. As I said earlier, I had a conversation with him on the red carpet, and we got into, you know, all the stuff uh, uh, that people have been going through in the culture with the Recording Academy, the way celebrities have slammed him, and uh, this is what Harvey had to say. I'm on the carpet with the man who made this all possible, the, the head culture leader in charge at the Recording Academy, uh, Harvey Mason. You know, it's been a journey. It has for us to get here. Uh, I talked to you and your amazing team uh, about my frustrations and you share that you had the same frustrations that I had and that I thought was the beginning of us building this relationship. And so for us to be able to be here on the carpet today, talking with everybody, I just want to say publicly, I really appreciate you for listening and making it possible.
12: Well, that means a lot. Thank you very much, Ace. I'm glad Hollywood Unlocked is here and you all representing. Hopefully you're getting some good talent. It's an exciting
1: day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it is. It's, it's been great. And people seeing this, I think people walking up, their whole thing is it's great to see inclusion on the carpet. I know you've been very intentional about it. How important is it making sure that people who look like us are in spaces like this so that way people at home watching or on our platforms know the importance of us being here today? thousand percent and it's a
12: big part of what we're trying to do with the academy you know black music is such a big part of not just music but culture and society at large and making sure that we're representing accurately does take some work it wasn't always being done properly we didn't have the right voters we didn't have the right people in house but a lot of that is changing we still have a lot more work to go with your help with other people's help we can continue to make a difference but it is important as you said to make sure people are seeing people like you people like our artists, people like our members in positions of power or positions of being able to be creative and have their voice heard so that they can also aspire to those positions is very key.
1: There's only been one Grammy party I've gone to this year and it was the Black Music Collective. I haven't gone to anything else. I've seen the evolution the last three years. This year it was amazing. Uh, and Thank who you. you all have selected, I was in the room a little annoyed because the people that you honored this year were people I was thinking of honoring at my own show. Uh, which means you gotta fingers, coordinate. Which means your finger's <laughs> literally on the pulse of like who should be, Uh, honored how important is it black music collective acknowledging the work that trailblazers and black music have provided to the culture
12: it's exactly the goal It's to try and acknowledge highlight and lift uh, lenny kravitz and he's been doing it for a long time whitney no brainer but these are people that are so important to the culture important to really
1: the world with their music with their art how do we get drake and others who have criticized the recording academy back to the table to understand the work that you're doing because i see it even if they may not see it how do we get them back to the table
12: well first we have to explain and point out that the Academy is more than just the Grammys I know the Grammys are very important everyone wants to win them but the Grammys allows us to do the work we do for the community for the music industry uh, the advocacy the music cares the education the museum all those things are funded by the Grammys so when people are upset about the awards or mad at a nomination it hurts our community it hurts our Academy It really ultimately hurts our industry so my hope is we can gain the trust back of a lot of artists that have felt uh, disenfranchised or displeased over the years
1: and i feel like when we have somebody that looks like us at the helm of it we got to pull up thank you uh, that would be great thank I you mean, very i'm much. doing my part thank you for always having an open door making sure that how i feel and how we feel as the culture is important because this isn't performative i can call harvey and say i'm mad about this i'm mad about that and his whole thing is let me pull the team together and figure it out and we've done it and so us Good. being here today is a representation of your commitment i appreciate that thank you for saying that yeah. appreciate you And his suit is way better than mine. No, that is not true. That is not true. It's clean. Yeah, so when you saw where we were positioned on the carpet and celebrities walking by and people noticing us, what were your thoughts? I mean, did you understand the gravity of what we've been fighting for to get there? Or were you just there trying to figure out who to pull in to do an interview?
6: Well, sorry, not to keep talking about my first, but it was also my first ever carpet ever. Really? Ever. Yes. Oh, wow. And it was the Grammys. And seeing the... P- publicists like yes a lot of people came but it really is like next level hunger games yeah. i was chasing everyone like please please can you talk can you talk to everyone and and the most vicious nastiest people were the pr people yeah. like they can't even like politely decline but watching you like work everyone in everybody from clark sisters to candy it was candy walking up i, I don't <laughs> want to say too much but it was awesome but like very adrenaliney and like we were there from i think 11:30 to what 5 yeah it was, it
1: was long
6: but it felt like it was like this. And then, like Taylor Swift, everybody, like all people, I feel like come in the last 10 yeah. minutes and rush to their yeah. seat.
1: It was, it was a moment. Um, well, at this year's uh, Grammys, Hollywood Unlocked was on the carpet with a whole, activa- a whole activation. Now, the moment was created by Sean, aka Super Nurse. So, Shawn, let's give him a round of applause, real quick. So, Sean did that. Sean, who's designed all of this, designed all of that. Um, And Johnny, we can put in just a couple images right here of what the set looked like so people can see it. And as I'm talking, you're looking at it right now. This is what the design looked like. Oh, there it is right there. Oh, great. Okay, cool. That's actual photo of the actual on-site activation. Well, listen, um, we did this also during Black History Month, which was phenomenal. Now... I hosted the carpet for Hollywood Unlocked and I spoke with lots of people, everyone from Coyle Ray, to Sukiana, to Candy Burst, Tyler, Jelly Roll, Chloe Bailey, Fireboy, the list goes on and on, even Paris Hilton pulled up. And my favorite gospel group, the Clark Sisters. Rob, you know how much I love. Them. Yes, yes. <laughs> I always get nervous. People think that, oh yeah, I'm accomplishing this and that and, I, and I'm extremely humble in my work, but I was nervous because one, you wanna make sure you look good. By the way, I looked phenomenal. Can we just take a look at my outfit really quick? I have to take a moment. This is Alexander McQueen yes. head to literal toe. Uh, Marina took this photo, right? Did you take this photo, Keisha? Mm-hmm. Whoever took it, it don't matter because it wasn't about who took it, it was about who was in it. <laughs> snatch, snatch, snatch. Shout out to my, uh, my shopper, uh, Noel, who handled me uh, well for the carpet. Well, I was so nervous because on a carpet, you never know who's gonna pull up. Anybody could have pulled up. You know, if what if Nicki Minaj pulls up? Do I say, "Hey, Nicki, pull, come over"? I would have. You
6: said, "Yeah, you I would have." I was looking for Nicki.
1: I would have, but she wasn't there. She wasn't nominated. But either way, anybody could have pulled up. <laughs> I thought she was. Was she? She was
11: yeah,
8: nominated.
1: She was with ice Spice. Ice Spice. So but she didn't Could have gotten though. a Grammy again, but
11: she didn't. Again. She's never gotten one. That's why I said she could have gotten a Grammy again. Oh. Or
1: could have gotten had an opportunity again to get one. Listen, the Grammys is about who they like. Yeah. And she just has to become more likable. She deserved a Grammy. I've already said that, but it doesn't matter what I say, because y'all are going to take this a shade anyway. You're going to go. You're gonna have a meltdown. I don't want y'all to burn out. Okay. But either way, um, I want to show you some of the moments on the red carpet. If, if you haven't seen them on social media, because they are floating around. I've seen them going viral on Facebook. I want you to take a look at it. I'm gonna start with one moment we had with Candy Burris from The Housewives of Atlanta. Now, y'all know if you've been watching the show, me and Candy have had a moment because she felt some way about things I've said. I've felt some way of things about things about what she said. But I will tell you deep down inside, I, I have love for Candy. I've said it many times. I love Candy Burris. Uh, I still play um, Who Should I Run To When I Need Love? I got I got all that. Okay, I got all that. Okay. All of that. I love them, okay? But nonetheless, I have a job to do. My day job sometimes puts me in crosshairs because Keisha and Arielle are shady as hell. And when they put things on social media, I get attacked for it. Either way, Candy was walking by and I saw her and I couldn't resist pulling her in. I think it was the outfit that did it, but this is what happened, take a look. You already told me that, well, first of all, we already know you're a boss. We know that you, you've had money forever. Even when some of us were struggling eating government cheese, Candy was eating nicely. Okay, I heard that you were one of the few people that's been re-signed to the Housewives of Atlanta. That's what I heard. Now I'm in the streets. Am I right or wrong? Okay, you don't even have to answer because I, do you want to answer or can you not answer? Um, because I,
9: you know, what? I really didn't think, I didn't really know if I was going to give any, um, (laughs) sell anybody. I felt about to a later date but I already said it or before that to my friend down there I'll say it again I decided I'm not coming back this year really why well I mean I've been doing it for 14 years and I have a lot of things that I got going on this year that big announcements to make soon and I just said I wasn't coming back they did they did ask me to come back but you know obviously you know we when you talk about with negotiations, we didn't necessarily have on the same page. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take my move, my break. But you've
1: been one of the few on the franchise that's given them so many other shows too.
9: Yeah, no, we're still gonna be working okay. together. We got some other things coming.
0: Okay. So you just want to do a part of, show.
9: I'm still part of the Bravo family. Okay. I still love them. They love me. But I decided that
1: it was time. So basically that means next season she's gonna get a bigger bag and she'll come back. All right, let me No, it's
9: not even that because you know they it's they've always given me a big bag. You know, it's not even that just that. But like literally, it was only like one thing that we didn't necessarily agree upon. You know what I mean? But at the same time, a friend of mine had asked me one day, they were like, Okay, well, why do you keep doing it? And I was like, It's well, you know, you're doing something for fourteen years. You know, you kind of just do it because you've been doing it for 14 years. But not only years. that,
1: You've also successfully used reality TV as a platform. I think you more than a lot of people understand that it's a marketing tool. Yeah, right? no, for sure. For sure. Music, products, all that. For
9: sure. I think what happened was when they kind of gave us like the little break to uh, whatever, while they were trying to make their decision, they let me get too much time on my hands so then I got back in the studio more I've been writing more I got some other projects and stuff that's gonna be coming I can't wait to announce the other stuff that I got going on so it's like I'm not a person that's just gonna sit around so it just gave they gave me too much time to so realize. basically
1: you just text some DeVito's unavailable and now you're unavailable <laughs> okay
9: I mean I, I don't even try it to wasn't think. even negative I love them okay. you know what I mean and it was you know it was a cool conversation it wasn't you know, negative.
1: Oh, we know when you throw shade, it is not shady. Candy, you're, you know, she's teaching me how to read in a nice way. Chow. Um, okay, look, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> well, there was the intro and outro to that that we cut out of there. But, you know, we had a moment. But I, I have to say, Candy, thank you so much for pulling up. That was class and grace. And I will tell you, well, she got mad at me because I said her storyline was boring. That's where it fell out. But guess what? It was boring. That doesn't mean she's boring. It just means that you did everything you need to do for that show. I don't think you needed to be on that show anymore. And I'm glad that she's still with the Bravo family because she has a whole other life and business to show. And I think as a boss, somebody who's learned how to figure out reality TV, Candy's going to become, remember I said this, she's going to become even bigger than she was on that show because she's going to be doing things that move her trajectory in the direction it was going she knows how to brand she knows she's writing new music she talked about she's doing things so like candy's never not going to be a boss she's going to figure it out she's figured out digital media we also talked about her making these um videos of different things like roland ray where she like reenacts certain moments so like she's super talented candy has always been a star ever since she was just kicking it <laughs> you know, it was never no shade. I just thought that her storyline on The Housewives was boring. Now, I heard the one little thing that she didn't get or the one little thing from what I heard, and again, this is what The Street's saying. I could be wrong because I was wrong about her returning, was that they were going to make her a friend to the show and not give her a peach. Oh, no. So that would be wrong, too, because yeah. Candy's held the peach since she's been there, so that wouldn't make any sense. So I think that's the kind of thing that forces her out to, you know, have her own thing. She's had other spinoffs with Bravo. She's still, as she said, a part of the Bravo family. So... Candy, congratulations on leaving the show. You deserve to leave the show. The show deserves for you to go. And the show needs to bring any leaks back or it's going to be on life support or move Phaedra from married to medicine and make her married to somebody over there as a housewife. Because other than that, the new girls they're signing up, I'm hearing, are boring and lame. And I'm not tuning in to watch it. Mm-hmm. I just Now that Candy's gone, for sure, there's no resonance for me unless Marlo is punching kim zolciak and the divorced (laughs) eye that's really it at this point uh what did you think about the candy moment on the carpet
6: i saw like the whole her walking through the carpet and she was just gonna plow through but for her to be she was like oh and i thought that was so big of her and so cute to see you guys reunite she was a great sport and i feel like she should come to the show now
1: yeah i if she definitely has an invitation it was a moment where she she was considering not coming (laughs) She but she them. came, and she didn't have to. But that's was- why when mm-hmm. I saw it pop up on my, because I wasn't there, but I saw it pop
11: up on my on my Instagram, and my jaw literally hit the floor because I was like, I know the history. Like, I, we've talked about her here, but, like, you know, graciously, and I know previously she walked past and was like, oh, no, Hollywood. i like, No. So to see her like come to you and you guys have a conversation and you guys can kind of rekindle a relationship. I yeah. thought that was amazing. Yeah. So I
1: love it. I love Candy, and, and here's the deal. I also turned around and pointed right at Keisha and said she's the one that's posting yes. all the bad <laughs> photos of you. Didn't
6: I? Keisha <laughs> took the, sh- the bullet. <laughs> I
1: said she's the one that does all. Because people think that I'm the one posting all day. You're in the mm-hmm. social chat for Hollywood Unlocked. I, I, I chime in here and there if there's any questions, but I'm not the one posting. Yeah, and no. this is why I think in the next couple of months I'm gonna bring on a CEO of Hollywood Unlocked to fully run the company, so I can back up a little bit and really focus on all the other because we have large things in front of us like this award show. You know, this year probably gonna be televised. It's gonna be one of the biggest parts of the company. Yeah. Healthcare unlocked is a huge initiative, and then of course once I get elected, I'll be you know <laughs> so starting salute. my political career. Uh, but anyway, um, it wasn't just candy. So shout out to candy. You're always welcome here and we're going to get the picture in better. I'm going to text you. All right. Now it wasn't just candy that we caught up with. We also saw a friend to the show, friend of the Jason Lee show, Chloe, who also was honored at our last year's award show. And what I wanted to talk to her about was all the heat she got from defending her sister's pregnancies. you know, Uh, In a couple weeks, DDG's episode will be airing Mm -hmm. on the Jason Lee show where he gets extremely into detail about the pregnancy, delivering the baby and everything related to their relationship. But, you know, I wanted to know what she thought about all the heat she got for uh, defending her sister, Hallie. And this is what she said. Okay, everything is tucked in on Chloe, but I have to tell you, everybody knows how I feel about her. (laughs) Look at you. You like it. You, every time I see you, you're just womaning up. I mean, yes, you always look great, Thank you, you smell great, Thank and you. you always sound great. How are you doing, auntie?
10: I am fantastic, I'm on cloud nine, I'm absolutely in love.
1: Okay, when you got attacked online for defending your sister before the pregnancy was real, uh-huh. I came and had your back because I, I told you I would not let people disrespect you. Love it. Let's talk about it.
10: Let's talk about it. When that happened, I was, I was actually dying behind my phone laughing with everything because I knew something nobody else did. And I was like, I will ride for my sister. And I think that's what sisters do best. We keep each other secrets. So that's what I love about I both will, of you. I will always be a closed little diary.
1: I saw Halle the other night and I said, first of all, I have a problem because you were pregnant at my award show. And didn't let me know. She said, I didn't even know. But I just have to say, I love how you guys ride for each other. Who are you looking forward to seeing tonight? And who are you looking to see win?
10: Hallie. I'm looking forward to seeing her win for Angel. I actually got to witness Tyla and Victoria Monet winning. They already won before the show started. I love them both, especially Victoria. She's always just been such an incredible human being and she wrote Do It With Sis and I, our first hit. So. I am just so proud of all the flowers she's receiving. It's just a lot of incredible black women shutting it down.
1: Listen, I said this to DDG, who was on my show yesterday that's coming out soon about you and your sister, real artists. I've said this in a baby face and you know, real artists and thank you for letting us honor you and give you your flowers last year at that our workshop. That so
10: show. kind. It really yes. meant a lot to me. It really, really did.
1: Well, your speech meant a lot to me and my viewers. So I hope you guys can make it back this year, June 21st. I'll make sure.
10: Period, yes.
1: Love you. and. If anybody's trying to holla at this, you got to go through me, because at this point, I got to protect you. Jesus, the body <laughs> is body Thank
10: you. Love you, Chloe. Love you too. Yeah.
1: I. She's such, I mean, she's a genuine person. I love Chloe. She's not a friend of mine. We don't have each other's numbers. We don't text. She's class great. She's talented. And um, her, her speech at the award show was so good that it had, I mean, we all felt it. And so to be able to share that moment with her is good. And and I loved all the comments and people were saying, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to defend your sister. She's supposed to ride for her sister. She didn't need to sell her out for clout, but I thought it was great. What did you think being right there?
6: I could barely pay attention to what you guys were saying because the body, <laughs> the
1: body, the body was
6: front to back, I was like, oh, I got to go put in more work at LA Fitness, Lord. But <laughs> the hair, Chloe, and she just, like you said, just exudes like just sunshine. Like yeah. she and Hallie, I feel like just are so beautiful. But yeah. yeah, it's so
11: cute. And the crazy part to me is like the 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 things that this woman has been attacked for is always like her being positive. She's too sexy. She like, she embraces her sexuality and her body mm-hmm. too much. She ain't she's hood enough. Her Why is she ain't a rapper? That's so crazy to me. Yeah. And then she's just this ray of sunshine. Like you said, yeah. she's just always so kind mm-hmm. and so beautiful. And like, they were
1: saying, oh, her hair's too big. That's the hair Beyonce used to give when Beyonce was beyonce Okay, it is <laughs> Now she got the bone straight white hair. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, shout out to her. But, you know, I thought that She looks great. She's always so positive. She's so talented. I mean, there's nothing negative I could say about her. Um, And I will say on the red carpet, one thing that you all don't see behind the scenes is that it's moving so fast that when you're interviewing somebody, there's literally somebody walking up to be interviewed or waiting. She came back, waited. She didn't just walk by us. The reason why I want to point that out is there were people that walked by us. And I ain't going to throw no shade, but there were people that walked by us and they acted like they didn't see us. And some of their publicists, the real problem on the carpet now is publicists. And I'm, I'm gonna start taking your videos. And when I do the next carpet, I'm gonna have publicity, publicity punch, where we just take them and make, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna the highlight base. these bad publicists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Because you guys are the new gatekeeper, nasty. okay? Nasty.
6: Nasty. Nasty bitches <laughs> over there, nasty.
1: nasty. a Lipas. But ooh, I we I, are gonna we gonna hold ooh. it hold it hold it hold it oh yeah we got you girl. Ooh. Billie Go, Eilish, Google her, her. No, Google her. Billie Eilish, we love. It's we her do publicist the PR, the prop, yeah. But Google her. Um, PR's name. Here's why I'm not gonna blame Billie Eilish because Dua Lipa's person intentionally didn't bring her there. Told her she wasn't. Told her she wasn't doing any more interviews. Skipped us and went to the other white people. Correct. That's the one. But but Billy, wow. they literally when she was done with Billboard, she just went going on.
6: And when I was but hold on,
1: but but oh, let's okay. let's hold on to that. Let's let's hold that thought. Okay. Let me start back. Okay, so uh, now we also talked to a, a a new artist, was also a new Grammy Award winner, Tyla. Now Tyla, my my whole team loves Tyla, but I think I love her more now that I've actually been able to meet her because it was her accent and her seduction she was trying to snatch the gay out of me <laughs> but it didn't happen i got to tyla and i asked her about these rumors because everybody said that she was dating chris brown and i know that nobody else had the courage to ask her and i'm hollywood unlocks jason lee city council member to be, me, and i did take a look i'm standing next to a grammy winner who smells phenomenal
7: oh you yes. smell good. Thank you. And you look great. Thank you. Okay,
1: so you're walking down the carpet, and you know everybody's looking at you. How does that feel?
7: Oh, are they looking? They are I looking. didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody's loving you, Tyler. Uh, Hollywood Unlocked loves you. My staff, as soon as they saw you, they were like, we have to get Tyler. We have to give Tyler. Mm-hmm. I love the song. Um, if you do a remix, I don't have any talent. Can I jump on it?
7: I've been waiting for you though. Really? Yeah, we've been emailing you. You're not even answering. <laughs> like, we need you for this remix, please.
1: What is this accent that you're giving? South Africa. Really? hmm Beautiful. Are you single?
7: Very single.
1: Why is the internet trying to say you with somebody? Is that just now that that's... that's Ew, guys. Now, now that you know you're famous it's because now you're just linked to anybody.
7: Guys, anyone I'm seen with, I'm dating that person. I don't know why, but I'm very single.
1: Well, good. Okay, so now that you're a Grammy winner, mm-hmm. how does it feel? Do you feel any different now than you felt before you got here? Definitely. Really?
7: I'm feeling like a Grammy winner right now. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're
1: nominated for one more?
7: No, I won my nomination.
1: So you were nominated for one and you won. So you're one yeah. for one? One for one. Okay, so what has been your journey getting here? And I'm going to save all the questions I want for my show because I want to invite you on the Jason Lee show right. whenever you want. How has the journey been for you uh, getting to the Grammys today and now being a Grammy winner?
7: How was the journey? Yes. It was hectic. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It was hectic. I changed my hair like five times. Like it was a lot. It's raining. So it's a lot, but I'm happy to be here. Yes. So happy.
1: Okay. So the last question, SZA, she's uh, nominated for nine Grammys tonight. Are you excited for her? And should she win album of the year?
7: Very excited for her. I love her. And I don't know who's going to win. Whoever wins is deserving. Everyone nominated is deserving so hopefully she wins though
1: okay well but i we'll love see. you i love your outfit thank you. i'm gay so i can say this i love her body
7: Ooh. and you're
1: welcome to come on the show anytime you want and i hope you win more grammys and continue to have an amazing career thank you yes
7: so nice to meet you nice to meet you
11: too
1: that girl right there remember i tell you this i'm not just saying this something special about her her swag what you couldn't see is she had these beautiful diamond encrusted teeth uh grills uh, so much class. I saw a picture of her parents. Her and her parents together. The parents look good. Mom and dad look good. They came together. Uh, her first year out of doing music, I think, she Mm -hmm. now has won a Grammy. I mean, it's really redefining a lot of these younger people who want to follow their dreams, where parents are very traditional and don't believe in them or may want them to do something different, just, you know, support their kid and now look at her. But I love how articulate she was. She's media trained. She's still cool, swagged out, pretty, smell good. Her accent, the South African accent, her skin Everything about her I like, and now I know why my team was like, "You gotta get Tyler." Were you telling me, "You gotta I, get yes. Tyler, you gotta get Tyler"? Yeah. And I'm like, "Yo, I'm 46. <laughs> I just know Sade. She was kind of giving me a little Shadé. Uh, I like Tyler. I look forward to her coming on the show.
11: I am obsessed with this woman. That's why I keep pitching her like crazy. I'm like, got to bring Tyler in. That song, I mean, that song in it, itself is just like i can't stop playing it and i'm avoiding trying to do that water dance everywhere because i'm i don't want you to be like you're not allowed to do a water dance. (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i'm obsessed with it i'm obsessed with her i'm obsessed with the song and i just love her journey and her story so i'm just excited for her to come on the show Mm -hmm.
6: i'm so happy she came shout out to ayana her rep i'm gonna be emailing you again because we need to get her real bad but she (laughs) was so
11: cute
1: yeah no she was great Tyler. uh now, you are Chris Brown's type, so I don't care what y'all say. Yeah. Maybe in your mind, you had to clear up the rumors, but but if you, Chris Brown, I know he's looking at you. if he ain't he ain't slid or text you. if we see y'all out together again, I don't know the rumor's gonna be rumoring because <laughs> although you shot him down now, you are his type, okay? You are his type. All right, well, either way, congrats on your Grammy win. You're a Grammy Award winner now. Let me give you a round of applause. And Rob is forbidden from doing that damn <laughs> do
2: thing.
1: Now, I won't now do it everybody that knows the history between Coy LeRae and the Jason Lee Show and me and Coy going back and forth and all of the stuff that's gone on, I've always still kept an affection for her And I know now for sure that she loves me because we had a moment on the red carpet where she was walking. She actually walked by, saw us and came back. And uh, Coy stopped by to talk mm-hmm. about. You know what people have to say about her online, and we had a moment. Take a look.
3: Don't start me on the red carpet. We are on the red carpet, and I look really nice.
1: You are a gangster. You think if I'm gonna try it, you? We haven't.
3: We haven't. We haven't ran each other. We ran just the first time we ran into each
1: other. Anything could happen at this moment. First of all, I'm gonna tell you what I just told somebody the other day. I love this haircut. Thank you. You've been looking. I mean, you've always been about fashion. Go ahead and do a 12 real quick. Okay, body's body. You look great. Yes, thank you. Loved your interview that you did with Angie Martinez, and I love that you're just now standing on business. How hard is it, now that you are a superstar, to deal with putting yourself out there to be vulnerable and then social media reacts?
3: Um, I feel like I've been dealing with social media for a very long time. I kind of got used to it. And yeah, that's really what it is. You kind of look at it like these, you really never ran into nobody in person that has that energy, ever. And I feel like every artist got that, can say the same thing, like you never run into them. Meaning like, Someone saying, coy you're your body. You know, you know, it's always, hey Koi, I love you because I'm a good person. I feel like energy, like someone who could feel energy, which is most human bodies, they gonna feel my energy.
1: Okay, Koi called me one day and checked me for saying something, so I want to fix it. What I said when I said you rep for women with the smaller bodies, I meant that as a compliment because I feel like you get shamed a lot for being swagged out, but when you look at some of the most iconic supermodels that don't look like us. That have the same frames. They were iconic as that. You're iconic in your own right. So that's what I was trying to say. She called me, read me for Phil, baby. When I tell you she did not hold back, she didn't even let me get a word in. But I respected the honesty. But I just want to say I love how you represent for all women. And uh, I want to say that to your face.
3: I feel like me and you get to really watch each other grow. Um, I feel like, and, and it feels good to witness that, for real. You are... You look
1: good. We really love and each you're other. Cute
3: as hell. Like you got good skin. Like I don't know how many people get. To, well, you go got your show and stuff, but I don't know how many people get to see this close. Her
1: too, with these little freckles, freckling. Yeah. Listen, we really do like each other for all y'all that think we don't. But I want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I like that you have grown your own feet and standing on business. And you're welcome to come on the Jason Lee Show if you ever want
3: to. <laughs> okay, well, well, baby baby steps, baby steps.
1: Congratulations on just being amazing and continue to kill it.
3: Bye, Hollywood. I love
1: y'all. Yeah, one thing for sure, Koi was happy that day and she was Mm -hmm. being celebrated. She walked down the car, but shout out to you, Koi, and thanks for stopping by. It was a good moment. It was good, so. That's the best she's ever looked. She looks so good. I think she's found her, like, Energy. Like she looked great. Yeah. Uh, my fans have told me I have to stop standing on business. They are tired of that. They are tired of me saying it. They are tired of hearing the quote. I heard it somewhere, and as an old person, I just pick it up and just keep it going. I saw. It was
6: King. King Harris.
1: Well, I'm standing on business. Okay, <laughs> I'm standing on business. Stand on business. Shout out to King Harris. It wasn't all of those cute little moments that I had on the carpet though that caught everybody's attention. It was the viral moments of killer Mike getting arrested or detained. Now he won three awards and then exited the stage in handcuffs. Take a look. Now, a lot of people were really upset about this because it was the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, It was something that my understanding from everything that I've seen online is that there was a conflict between him and somebody or some kind of alleged, I'm going to say alleged altercation that happened where he was detained. He wasn't even arrested, but the way that they walked him down the aisle at the crypto center handcuffed for the the world to see in a viral video robbed him of his moment. I know he got, you know, people, the police got slammed online. They got slammed on the view. They got slammed everywhere because this was a moment where this man swept the Grammys and the rap categories and other categories important to the culture in a space where we know black people feel a certain way and he wasn't protected. And uh, for him to be detained and for now the headline about that moment to be uh, encapsulated by this, uh, craziness that we see online is ridiculous. I think that, you know, part of what I'm running with city council is to talk about talk about how we better police in our communities, how we build better bridges, how we can communicate effectively, and I think there's ways of handling situations that don't have to become a moment that we can't erase from our minds, this being one of them. They could have simply pulled him to the side. Can we have a conversation? He's not gonna fight the police. You could have pulled him aside and then talked to him and then walked him to a safe space to have a conversation, do your fact find then let him go. But to treat him like a criminal and to now make a, a bad representation for the LAPD and the city of Los Angeles and the Recording Academy doesn't really help anything. And Killer Mike is still a winner and so Killer Mike, This is what makes it even worse. Killer Mike is not just a rapper. This is somebody who actually puts on for his city, who does a lot of work with the uh, mayor of of Atlanta and the community of Atlanta. He gives back uh, to his community. He's an entrepreneur. He's more than a rapper. Not that that's not enough, but I just feel like you you try to embarrass this black man in a moment where he should be celebrated. And that's why we're gonna celebrate you here by giving you a round of applause for sweeping the Grammys. And I've been watching Killer Mike do what I'm now starting to do. Killer Mike's been using his career to fuel his platform, to put on for his community. And he's inspired people like me. And I don't even know the guy. I watch him through Charlemagne and The Breakfast Club. I watch him through his social media. And every time I see Killer Mike, he's actually spitting knowledge and educating Black and brown people about the injustices that we see all day. So we need to speak his name today and speak about the injustice that he endured. You know... People have to understand, I don't have nothing against police, right? Because when I got shot, I called 911, like most people do when my brother died he did the same. But policing comes from a place that we all have to be honest about. And we have to go back to slavery, Jim Crow, slave catchers is what police used to be. And so if you look at at communities of color and how people are treated, gunned down, unarmed, and, and jailed sometimes for no reason, In this case, detained improperly, in my opinion, for no reason. It's not a hard conclusion to draw that we still haven't come that far. So I hope that Killer Mike has found an opportunity to celebrate the wins that he uh, so deserved. And I hope that people that are watching what he's done, realizing that as much impact as he's having in his community, to some people, he's still just a nigga. And although we know that he's more to us in the culture and he's more to his community than what the LAPD reduced him to on that day, I would hope that the Grammys would take stock of what happened and step up and right the wrong. Uh, when you saw it, what did you think? Uh,
11: it, it, it's insulting, and it's like read the room. Like there was no reason for him to be handcuffed, and if he needed to be detained or you wanted to have a conversation about the circumstance that stands that happened, like there there should have been some kind of decorum and how that happened because like walking him through the space in handcuffs and embarrassing this man and like putting him on this uh, on a, a global stage to look like a criminal is just ridiculous. Right.
6: And I feel like uh, my one of my best friends, Caesar, has pre-interviewed everybody. He now works on Kelly Clarkson show. But he's told me months ago the his favorite person he's ever interviewed for a pre-interview was Killer Mike always. So it's just breaks my heart that like he had all these wins and then they just dragged him out like he was not shit. And fun fact, not in the same way, but the security was not playing because I was trying to get in and they like grabbed me too and kicked me out. I was trying Mm -hmm. to go into the show with Keisha.
1: Well, what people were saying was that he ran into an overzealous security person who Mm -hmm. took their job way too serious. Um, Now, I will say the security treated me very well. In fact, most of the security, when I got up to the front of the door, didn't even check my credentials. They're like, Jason Lee's here, you know, because I've hired some of them or I've seen them at clubs or I've interacted with them. And I keep forgetting that I'm Jason Lee, bitch. I'm <laughs> out here. People know me. Okay, people know me. And, uh, I, you know, security treated me well. But you also have to remember, like, no shade. This is one of the biggest nights in entertainment. This is the Oscars of music. And when you have Taylor Swift's and when you have you know, Meryl, Sh- Meryl Streep's and Beyonce's and all the biggest artists from around the entire world coming into a building, you have to think about security. You know, terrorists do exist. I remember years ago when they were talking about bombing the Oscars, you remember mm-hmm. that? When they were talking about blowing up the Oscars and people, they, I mean, you know, it was intense in Hollywood where the perimeter was longer, you had dogs everywhere, you had the mm-hmm. bomb squads, you had, you know, so when you think about it, Beyonce being in the building is one thing, but Beyonce and every other major artist in the world, so I, you know, security has a job do. I'm not going to bash security. Uh, you know, we had credentialing issues where we didn't have two people on our team that had credentials. Shout out to Andy and her team and the Grammys, they, the Recording Academy, they worked it out and our people got in. So I don't really know what all went down. Right now it's he say, she say, but we have a video. And when you have a video like watching George Floyd die, regardless of how he got in, ended up on the ground, we know that what we saw is what we saw. And what we saw here was wrong. And now despite uh, facing a misdemeanor battery charge following. A citizen's arrest. Killer Mike remains positive after his Grammy sweep. And he even ended up selling 100 brooms, which quickly sold out. Let me see, what, let me see the broom. Okay. Oh, because he swept the ground. <laughs> 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 Negro's just going to come up with anything to make some money. So if he sold 100 oh. rooms at $100, that's $10,000? Is that my math math in? 100 times that's a 100? Coin. That's good coin.
6: 100 times 100.
1: It's Mm 10,000. Oh, my God. We all went to school. (laughs) All right. Well, either way, another rapper who went viral at the Grammys was Jay-Z, who called them out for constantly snubbing his legendary wife, Beyonce. Beyonce. During his acceptance speech for the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award, Hove slammed the Recording Academy for giving B 32 Grammys, the most of any musical artist, but neglecting to honor her with the coveted Album of the Year Award. Now, I think Beyonce has been snubbed twice for this category. Once was by the white boy that none of us remember. And the other one was by Adele who said, oh my God, you're my queen, should have got it. But either way, Beyonce stood there firm in her bone straight hair and her cowboy hat (laughs) looking very Houston-ish in that Louis Vuitton two piece. And uh, Jay-Z got up there and did not hold back. And baby, I didn't know how it started, but I know how it ended. Take a listen.
0: We just, we want y'all to get it right. We love y'all, we love y'all, we love y'all. We want y'all to get it right. At least get it close to right. And obviously it's subjective. Y'all don't gotta clap at everything. Obviously Obviously it's subjective because, you know, it's music and it's opinion based, but you know, some things, you know, I don't wanna embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, some of you gonna go home tonight and feel like you've been robbed. Some of you made it robbed. Some of you don't belong in the category. No, no, that was it. No, when I get nervous, I tell the truth. Um, but outside of that, outside of that, you know, we got to keep showing up.
1: Jay Z, I take my cowboy hat off to you. <laughs> I thought it was great that you stood up for your wife. You know, I I love how the hints of shade. She has more Grammys than everybody in this room, and Beyonce stood there. Looking like Beyonce, she doesn't really give you anything. She doesn't react to anything. She stood there the same way she stood when Solange kicked you in <laughs> the elevator. But what I love about Beyonce is that she didn't take that moment for you from you. She sat there as you celebrated her, as you were supposed to. And Jay Z has been a phenomenal man when it comes to his wife and the culture. You know, I criticized him when he did the NFL deal. Not that anybody cared. It was just my opinion because you know Colin Kaepernick is still out there, you know, hoping and praying that he get on the team. But he also hasn't pulled up to any Black-owned media outlets to have conversations about that. So, you know, shade towards him for that. And so when Jay-Z did the deal and he built that bridge, I didn't really understand it. And I felt some type of way. But in his speech, he said something. we got to keep showing up. We can criticize. We can criticize from the inside. But you got to be on the inside to see change happen. He used their stage and being honored to call them out for not being fair. But at the same time, earlier that day, as you saw in the clip I posted, I interviewed Harvey Mason, the CEO, about... How do we get Drake and other artists back into the fold? Like, how do we get them back in? And, you know, He was saying that they have to understand that when you slam the Grammys, it hurts a lot of their other programs because the Recording Academy is much bigger than just that award show. But I also want to take this moment to say to Jay-Z, Beyonce, and every other Black artist out there that don't come to the Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards or don't even show up to BET Awards that's still owned by a white woman but targets Black people. You all have to start pouring more into Black-owned spaces so that way our platforms matter the most. You know, we've done a great job of making every brand that we don't own hot. We've done a great job of making every social media platform we own don't own hot we've we've made it so competitive to go to these white owned award shows that we forgot that black owned black invested black collaborative thinking and all of the things that you know we uh, should have the right to do as black people and being competitive as entrepreneurs we have it right there so this year when we send out our invitations maybe we honor jay-z this year culture and see if he shows up icon i mean we can give him any award right uh, maybe we'll do that because sometimes we got to put our money where our mouth is. In this case, it's not all about the Grammys. It's about you pouring into making that black-owned award show the hottest thing in the world, right? Because it doesn't make me any more rich, or maybe it will, but it's not about the money. It's about the impact. Uh, now, Beyonce's father, uh, Matthew Knowles, who had a baby on his wife, Tina Knowles, who got kicked out the house and who got fired by Beyonce, had something to say about it. Uh, Of course he had an opinion because nobody's talking about him unless he's talking about her, listen. But she's won 32 and really, as you say, 36 awards. So it's not that she's been overlooked. So why do you think that this one category
8: is where they're disrespecting her? People don't know the process. Your record label can only appoint one person in a category, so that means her record label. I'm gonna call you out, Columbia Records. Her record label has never put, really put her in that category for consideration.
11: But
13: she's been nominated, and I guess that's the the problem, Matthews. That people feel like they nominate her for album of the year, but then they give it to someone who, in the eyes of a lot of fans, had an inferior album. Why do you think? that the label, which has made a fortune off Beyonce, why would they
1: choose Adele over over your daughter?
8: Well, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, there's a financial reason. Maybe Adele sold more records uh, worldwide. I don't know these answers, but these are some of the thought processes that they go through. Maybe uh, you say, you know, Beyonce has her success. Here's an opportunity to push Adele, so let's push her. So
1: this isn't so much the Grammys as it is the label, according to you.
8: It's a combination of all, but it starts with the label. Again, guys, I've been 14 years in those rooms supporting the label. I know exactly how this works. We spend a whole, it's a three-day process. We spend a whole day listening to a minute of a song and saying, that's pop. And then pop will listen and they say, oh, that's R&B. That's a big deal, the genre of the music. And again, there comes a point in the music industry is the whiting of America.
1: Matthew, nobody cares what you have to say. You've been kicked out of the inner circle for so long. You are the ice cream truck driver that pulls into (laughs) our neighborhood at six in the morning playing that nasty siren of a song that nobody wants to hear. Tina Knowles has had another marriage and divorce. We don't care what you have to say. When a woman gets married, her husband replaces her daddy. And she ain't got them daddy issues, even though she had a song on her Lemonade album called Daddy Something. We ain't even remember that. Stay in the box you put yourself in. Some would call it a coffin if it was reflecting your career because you're dead to us. None of us care about you. The beehive ain't hiving around you, nigga. We don't like you you are the man that cheated on the mother of mother how dare you this is her renaissance and yet you bring your old ass up in here with that ugly mole we are tired of looking at your face we don't even want to look at you you trying to steal another moment from your daughter is why she fired you now beyonce somewhere watching this clip eating a pringle and laughing hysterically Because she knows, I'm saying all the things that she's probably text you. But she probably ain't even got her number. I don't even think Solange likes you anymore. Just go away. And this is what happened when senior citizens get social media and access to phones. I like senior citizens. I do. Please vote for me. However, relax. You don't need to be doing all that. You only wanted to stay relevant because you're not even getting invited to a grand opening of Big Value, the local grocery store in your community. Um, Jay-Z said everything that needed to be said. And he also talked about inclusion and making sure we keep showing up. You blaming a record label for the, one of the greatest artists of our generation not getting a, an award in a flawed system that we know has politics in it, even the people running it know that? Shame on you. Your daughter is bigger than every label out there. She don't need no label. Beyonce could put out a mixtape tomorrow talking about her wig set and sell it out. Now, I don't know about Ivy Park, but when it comes to music, she could do it. What did you think? Listening to Matthew, mind your damn business, Knowles.
11: Uh, I mean, I just think that that interview was unnecessary because Jay-Z said what he said, and it was perfect. Nothing else needed to be said on the on the subject.
6: I think what you said is perfect and nothing <laughs> else that read was reading.
11: Was
1: that a read? Uh-huh. It was a read. It I thought a it read. was rational. Rational uh,
6: a rational read. Rational.
1: It was a read. Yeah, well, um, I still have a day job to do. And as a city council member, I may read one of my colleagues one day. Mm-hmm. I may read somebody that needs to be read. You already did with a video. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the slum lord. Yeah. Uh. You're going to jail. (laughs) Well, either way, um, speaking of album of the year, Taylor Swift ended up taking it home. Even though SZA probably should have gotten it because she earned it. See, Taylor Swift is going to always win because she is America. You know, I mean, but I do like Taylor. I will say this. I'm not a Swifty. I don't listen to her music. I don't get it but I do love her and respect what she represents. I was I was uh, on my way to LA early this morning, scrolling on social media, and I did see a clip of Taylor moments of when she's acknowledged other women or young girls. I mean, so she is a go girl kind of girl. And so I love her for that. But her win was overshadowed after she snubbed Celine Dion, because Celine Dion, who just recently talked about fighting a rare neurological illness, okay, Uh, uh, called stiff person syndrome popped up as a surprise and everybody went crazy. And Taylor presented her with an award. And I'm going to show you a muted version of the video while I talk over it. So this is her going to get the award from an icon. She didn't even look at her and she went on and did her thing. So, you know, after the incident, Taylor was called out for not acknowledging a legend. Nonetheless, Another human being who has been battling a debilitating illness and managed to show up. Now, Taylor, uh, Taylor's PR team quickly went into crisis mode and they ended up in a photo. Do we have the photo? This is what it looks like Taylor Swift and them together. Dion's look, Celine Dion's looking like, girl. Well, either way, <laughs> congratulations to Taylor. Let's move on. Bye, Grammys. All right. Now, Taylor Swift wants to be a Latino. I, I no. mean, sorry. <laughs> he wants to be a Latino. Tyrese, uh, he wishes that he was Latino. Just days before the Black History Month popped off, Ty, uh, Tyrese took to his social media and told his fans that he wishes that he was born a Latino. Why, man? why because i know you support us and i know you look at everything we do and i know you're going to call me about this but you want to be a latino take a look at his post tyree said sometimes i wish i was born latino i mean the latin community is grounded in family loyal entrepreneurs businessmen and women literally represent the dream the grind the hustle doing whatever it takes to stick together against all odds if us is black culture was more grounded in these integral magical nuances of us, we would be dominant. I've learned a lot from the Jewish community sticking together, eating dinner every Friday together. I've learned a lot about the Muslim community throughout all my travels in the Middle East. They have a father structure uh, where they honor their fathers. The Middle East, the, uh, the Middle East, the thinking and the mentality is that they would much rather have a son over a daughter because they know That there is nothing like the leadership of a father and a man being the head of the household. I have no idea how we lost our way. We can't get anything done and accomplished as a fragmented culture, insecure, threatened by each other right now. Competitive towards our own race, killing ourselves every single day frivolously. The majority of us is black men and the millions are locked up in prison. Of course, we are we are beyond powerful, influential, and successful. But imagine if we all linked up like other communities have linked, poured and built up on each other instead of moving like fragmented and dysfunctional. We have what it takes to take over the world. We are nothing trying to do it alone. Please chime in. Would love to know your thoughts on this. Before I give mine, what are your thoughts on it? I am so disappointed in this Stupid narrative. Black
11: people, especially black Americans, are the most disenfranchised culture that has not been recognized for the destruction of our culture, that has not received any kind of reparation for the destruction of our culture. We've tried to build thriving communities look what happened in tulsa oklahoma look what happened in new york when we had successful wealthy black communities look what happened in the the you know southern california when we had thriving black communities they take those communities away don't forget brooklyn gentrification they gentrify it they take our neighborhoods they destroy it they burn it down and then don't recognize it and then don't want to give it you know educate people on the history of what happened and then this is what happens when you aren't educated on the history and culture of what happened to black people and
1: then you get upset Kamala Harris, when we get mad at you for saying that America's not racist, this is where you lost a lot of the culture, right? And then we've been trying to rebuild this bridge for you for the last couple of years that somehow is still not being built. You know, uh, I think the lack of acknowledgement of what we've been through as a people and the fact that you talk about us being fragmented and and, uh, fractured, hell, they stole us from our families and put us on ships and dropped us off all over the world and enslaved us where most people don't even know their history. So the Muslim community that you speak of They have a very rich history that they teach and pass down generation to generation. The same with the Jewish community, same with the Latino community and how they are literally bonded in trying to live better lives. Right. So, yes, to your point, I get it. You wish that we were more like that, but I don't think you need to wish to be them to get like that. I think we need to find people that don't gaslight these type of reactions from our culture in feeling attacked by you and find a better bridge to build so that way we can get to that place. I think that's part of why I'm running for city council. We need more people that want to bling less and want to get in the game of actually rebuilding the communities that we talk about. You know, when you have a community like Stockton where you have a smoke shop per every 2500 residents you know resident a liquor store on every corner in these communities well what do you think is going to happen it's going to be a continuum of what we know today i've never said i want to be any other race i've been to muslim countries i don't i don't have the deep rich experience that you have of being with all the rich and fabulous in the middle east but i've had the privilege of being in the middle east and i've gone to different countries and i do see what you're saying in terms of community and how they uh, have built that but We have to get there. And it's only when we figure out forms to bring us all together. Now, Tyrese is one of the people who has pulled up to the Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards. He came wearing uh, jeans uh, and a cloak uh, and a (laughs) Hennessy cup. But, you know, you wouldn't show up to the Oscars like that, Tyrese. You wouldn't show up to the white folks, Grammys like that. But you showed up to ours. So we have to do better. When we show up, how we show up is important. This year there will be uh um and uh what we call it attire officers who will be outside looking for those of you pulling up in jeans with cups of henny you will not be permitted in uh there is something to be said though about our culture uh we do need to do a better job of unifying and what i love about again going back to my run for city council that i'm not just talking to police and community activists i'm talking to the gang members i'm talking to the community i'm talking to mothers and churches because it's going to take everybody to really get to the cancer of the issues but that's where you have to invest in these communities you have to have economic development you have to have you know uh things that give people things to live for and uh and we have to stop being afraid to share our resources i could say at hollywood unlock part of what we've tried to do is uh, invite a lot of you people who look like us from other media outlets into the fold but y'all don't return the love to us so if we really want to speak about it It does make me want to say, guess what? Hollywood Unlock Impact Awards, y'all can pull up and cover my carpet, but you can't come inside. How would you feel? You'd feel like, damn, he's creating his own world. I have created my own world, but I've invited you in it and y'all have not invited us in all the time. The Jason Lee Show, a self-owned, self-created, black-owned talk show that's doing numbers should be featured on every platform that's owned by people that look like me. But you guys don't show me love like that. I will say Neighborhood Talk, Baller Alert, do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our colleagues who you know, like me or like the show do here and there, but there should be more consistency because I've consistently showed up for everybody else. But, but what I know for sure is that people see me doing the work. So I don't have to, you don't have to show me the love, uh, you know, shout out to spiritual Word, they have too. Uh, either way, the internet didn't like what Tyrese had to say. And this is what people said under our comments on Hollywood Unlocked. One person said, uh, as a black single mom, who just relocated to Mexico? He's a hundred he a hundred percent ain't lying about the Latin culture. America will not taint my kids in the name of blackness. And then someone else said he always did give self-hate. There's lots more comments here, you can scroll down. Now, Tyrese responded to the backlash, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> it's the sombrero for me. No, he you know what? Y'all can read it. Well, listen, Tyrese, you're a bastard troll. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, Charlemagne gave you donkey of the day because, you know, y'all don't like each other. But either way, uh, I understand what he was trying to say. And again, he's like Kanye West. Kanye has a lot of really important things to say, but the delivery, it just don't land. Mm. All right. Bye. Logic uh, is on the show today. We never talk about Logic. I actually like him, but uh, he confronted his absentee father. And, uh, you know, he had a lot to say. Now, I didn't know that Logic was biracial. Did you? No. I thought he was white. Yeah, me too. Is he biracial? That's his
6: whole thing. Because <laughs> everyone it? tries to call him a white boy, and he's like, I'm but black.
1: He, he looks white.
6: <laughs> well, he does.
1: Some people say I look white too, or Mexican. Si se puede. He's saying, boy, that <laughs> bi-racial rapper logic is going viral as he tearfully confronts his absentee father about abandoning him as a kid due to his crack cocaine addiction now let me show you a photo of little logic as a baby with his mom and dad and brother oh okay dad looked like he was going through it okay well in his music and in his past interviews <laughs> logic has talked about you know being biracial with an alcoholic and racially abusive white mother and an absent drug-addicted black father. Now, the Maryland rapper has even revealed that he saw his brother sell crack to their dad, who was a musician playing alongside Chuck Brown before his drug addiction took over. And unlike his past interviews, Logic is now doing the questioning and confronting his father, whose name is Robert, in a new one-on-one sit-down. And it got real. Take a look.
5: My mom says that my dad is going to come and pick me up, and he doesn't pick me up. And I wait all day outside mm. and I wait and I wait mm. and you don't come and it's not the first time and I want you to let me finish because I want you to hear it you know because there's a part of me that has grown as I am and uh and uh developed as I feel mentally there's still that little boy that the little boy that's still waiting on the curb mm. For his dad. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. Once again, you know, I'm not here, and I want you to let me finish, Daddy. I don't want you to talk. I want you to hear me, because I want to be heard. Bones. Um, sorry. Just give, I feel you. Just your give pain. me a second. Don't talk. I mean, just give me a second. I want you to hear me, Dad. I'm a master manipulator. I I'm am I'm the king's con, con man, and I got it from you. So I want you to listen, as I tell you, because I'm not here to try to con you and I don't think you're gonna to try to con me by any means, but I know you've gotten yourself out of some slippery fucking situations by talking, and the last thing I want you to do right now with the utmost love and respect, daddy, is I want you to listen to me. Damn, this is deep, this is deep. Just give me a second, all right? I got That's a lot, l- nigga, we never talked about I it. got you. I waited every weekend that I ever had. Nigga, that's thirty-three years right here. That's what this is. Yeah, you told me that you would come, Daddy. You never did. You told me that you was gonna pick me up, and I waited. And I look at my son, and I think about how much I, I, what my, what my son means to me. And I can never make him sit on a curb. And I don't say this to make you feel bad. I, I don't. I really love you. This is not the beat you up show. This is the here we are. This is the. We're gonna rejoice, so let me get it out. You know, I'm a man of my word today because you aren't. (laughs) I remember the sidewalk that I would sit on every time you said you would come see me and you never came to see me. And I remember, uh, My mom telling me not to bother, and I did. I bothered every time because I loved you. And I love you and I just uh I just wanted you to know that it really hurt but I just want to ask what is it like to have used <laughs> sorry this ain't even me crying this is me as a child who never got the opportunity to cry <laughs> What is it like as a man who used a substance and what was it like using a substance that would allow you to make that little boy wait forever? What was it like to use it? Was it worth it? What did it feel like? And I mean it, nigga, don't say, no, you the best thing. (laughs) What was it like, nigga? Because you wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So it must. What did it feel like? Did it feel like a thousand virgins? No, it felt like, like it felt. <laughs> it it's, like? No, you want to know what it felt like? It felt like being in hell. Uh, it felt like being having something control me. Mm, yeah. Okay. So that's what it was. As I said, the drugs. You know, like like Rick James said, that, man. <laughs> cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. for real. That's real. That's you real. know. <laughs> He was in front of me. You know, yeah. Yeah, I was young, self centered, stupid as fuck, you know. But if I knew then what I know now, my life would probably be different. For sure, yeah. You know. Can I just thank you for letting me get that out? Can I just thank you for letting me hear you get that out? Thank you, Daddy.
1: I think that was a powerful moment and I'm glad that they were able to have it. You guys have read my book. God must have forgotten about me. And you've watched my shows over the years and my interviews. I went through my own struggle with my mother's crack addiction and her drugs that, uh, you know, I had my own revelations, but I will say, thank God, thank God that he did not give me those issues where I needed that type of closure. I, I will say that one thing I'm proud about that God has given me is the strength to move the fuck on me and my father when we did not we did not have a moment uh like that on camera we had a moment where we had an explosive exchange and i decided to walk out of his life and as if you've been following my career you know that my father died and we didn't have a reconcile moment like that uh where i got to tell him everything i want you know because i've i've just accepted that life is life and what you experience it is happening you can't change it. to happen. You can't take it back. You can't live in why it, what it was. It is what it is. It was what it was. It's going to be what it's going to be. Uh, just even these days, I have friends. Oh, you're not doing enough for me. I'm not on earth to do everything you want me to. That is just not my expectation. I don't wake up every day and look at my expectation calendar and see you on it. So I'm glad that he was able to have that moment because he needed it. And I think that moment, because it has been shared and I know how the internet, I know how this works. It's going to help people who are struggling to get through those feelings. But let me tell you something about closure. Figure out how to find your closure without anybody else. And then anything you get with somebody else is just a cherry on top. I, if I would have had a closure moment with my dad before he died, I don't think it would have been emotional. And I can tell you right now, my hand to God or the city council seat that I'll be sitting in soon. You will not see me anywhere crying about me and my dad and what we did or didn't go through, what we did and didn't have, him leaving me on the side. That's just for me, that, there's no pain there. There's no, there's no wishing that it was different. There's no, oh my God, I wish he was here to see me. No, there's no, I, everybody who's not here to see my success if you didn't see it when it was percolating, you don't have to see it when it's maturing. It is what it is. Uh, That's not to diminish Logics' logic in sitting down with his dad. I think it was a powerful moment to see a man reveal his emotions that way. I think more men need to be vulnerable. I'm in therapy, shout out to my therapist. I think more of us need to seek that help and support. Uh, But um, I just pray that people can just enjoy the little life they have, because this thing goes really quick. Uh, And in 46 years, soon to be 47 years, I'm happy. You know, the things that stress me out is I have so many dreams that I want to accomplish that I try to accelerate everything. But I realize that when they happen, it happens when it's supposed to. And then when other things pop up, like running for the city council, okay, got to make that a priority, too, and make it fit in what I'm doing. But. You know, everything is what it is and, and everything happens when it's supposed to. I'm glad this happened for you, Logic, but for everybody out there that may have this experience with their father or their mom, you don't have to have a moment where you sit down and let them know how you feel. You got to get out how you feel. You got to figure out closure and closure is important, but uh, it ain't got to look like that. I don't know. What do you guys think?
6: I think it's a huge huge deal. I love that for Logic, but more importantly, I feel like I, it's very powerful for the dad to hear that and for like him to get that feedback and be open to sit in that chair and kind of take the blow, but to congratulate Logic for opening up. And I wish more people would do this, but it even had me tearing up. Like that was very strong, very powerful, and I want to watch the whole thing.
11: And that's what I was going to say. I don't while I do agree that with you that people shouldn't expect or hope to have an opportunity to have closure with people who hurt them if there is an opportunity for Mm -hmm. people to do it i think like that kind of healing experience for a grown man to be able to like say without interruption what what their experience was and for the other person to hear what the experience was without interruption and to be able to cry i think if more Men and women had the opportunity to just cry and let out the things that we pin up in ourselves for for extended periods of time. There's healing in that. So even if you if you don't do it across from the person, if you do it with a therapist, if you just find a way to let go of those things that are like where that we hold on to that are causing pain for us. And I think you said that, like, discover it on your own. It may not be with that other person, but I think this is a powerful p- for people to see.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say, shout out to Logic's dad who sat there and took it because mm-hmm. my father, when what he didn't do is I gave him a chance for the Love & Hip Hop taping when I went back for my brother's memorial. I said, this is really your chance. This, this is the medium I'll give you to show up. And he didn't show up for me. And that was when I decided it was over. Mm. So, so I do say, I do agree with you. Like the level of courage that logic's father had to have, to be able to show up and take it and to be told to like, sh- be quiet and don't say anything. he called him nigga a couple of times. And now, you know, he meant it. Um, and now that I know you black or have black, you can say nigga. Cause <laughs> I was about to get you get on your ass for that. But no, I mean, I think that, yeah, there, there, there does, there's something there. And I do know from what we saw, if, if depending on how that finished, they're going to build a stronger relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, out of that vulnerability and out of that. I just pray that logic doesn't have the daddy issues that some people have. Some people have mommy, daddy issues. Oh, wish my mom would have could have, wish my dad would. They didn't, they didn't. And they ain't going to. And if they do, they ain't going to be able to do it when they didn't do it. It happened. Deal with it. Okay. Well, I mean, that's my logic. No pun intended. (laughs) Bye we haven't talked about this person in a long time thank <laughs> god that we're out the group chat but we do love her here krishan um she's now going to court she's been sued krishan is has an assault suit coming from james wright chanel this is the guy that got famous off the patty pies and then went on tour with tamar braxton and haven't seen james in a long time but james wright chanel was allegedly uh, abused by krishan Remember, Krishan Rock, she got into that altercation. Well, now she's officially being sued for allegedly assaulting Tamar Braxton's backup singer and friend, James Wright Chanel. This all went down in L.A. uh, back in November when Tamar was on tour. uh, And her right hand man, LaTroy Davis, came out and accused Krishan of punching James and knocking out his teeth. She allegedly attacked James after being told that she wasn't invited to perform at the show, even though we thought she was invited. But that she was just there to participate in a twerk contest? (laughs) Krishan was set up. I don't care what nobody said. Krishan, you know, you like her or not like her. She had the clout at the time. I don't know if she still has it. She still has lots of followers. But she was the hot thing that everybody was talking about all the time. Well, remember LaTroy went on the whole Instagram and posted this? Take a look. He said that we need to stop rewarding bad behavior and bad people. And he's disgusted by her that she assaulted James and she called, he called her the ghetto hip-hop trash-ass girl. Well, either way, she was the ghetto tr- trash hip-hop girl that y'all invited down there. For what? It was so weird. And again, it looked like a cloud chase. Well, Krishan denied the whole thing, saying that the claims were ridiculous. And then she uh, a video surfaced of her harassing Tamar's team on stage. We played that before, but I'll show you again.
10: Do it. They said y'all wouldn't come. They told us we had to do small wins. Um, and so we proved everybody wrong. They said y'all wouldn't stand up. We'll with it. And so we got you this cake, this Love & War cake. We're so proud of you that you believed in yourself. And then uh, you know anybody holds you down.
2: They got pineapple in
10: it. <laughs> and so...
11: Y'all ain't never been to Tamar's house, but I
1: have, and there's something that's missing at her house, on her wall. Well, Tamar eventually broke her silence. We recapped all this before, but again, if you missed an episode of our show, here's what she said.
4: Um, I wasn't going to say anything out of respect for James and his trauma and what happened um, to him. And when I say what happened to him, he got assaulted um, at my show. Um, and then it was by Krishan, but um, there was a lot of events that I believe were misconstrued and so while I'm not going to set out the time and clear every little thing up for everyone I, I want you to know um, the reason why I decided to say something Um, number one I care about my team they're all of my friends and we put this all together for the fans Um, I'm not a clout chaser I don't I don't need that like my circle is this small you know I um, don't have to sell tickets for you know like oh I need to sell tickets let me do this that other this show has been sold out for a month Um, I didn't have an opening act, I knew. I didn't need an opening act because I knew my sister was coming in the middle of the show. Um, And, you know, when you're in different cities, you invite different people. Um, And Krishan was definitely someone that I invited, someone that I I actually, you know, looked at from afar. as like a a younger sister. She's from Baltimore. I knew that she was rowdy you know I, I didn't judge her because of that you know I felt for her on, on so many occasions and I just felt like oh this was somebody I wanted to me to you know possibly take under my wing because you know everybody knows that I don't have the, the best I don't have the best pass I'm sorry I have a filter I washed my face I look crazy okay um, you know and in my journey of being a better person I wanted people to you know accept me for the new person that I was. And the only way that they could do that is if I was given an opportunity. And so that's really all it was. Um, I didn't call her and be like, oh, come on and perform on my show. Um, I already knew Tony was planning to perform here at this L.A. show. she had sent me her number a while ago on a DM, and I reached out to her. Um, and like I said before, like we all have. You know, Christiana is like a little sister to all of us watching her. And then, then watch her make mistakes. We want to help. We want to help. And this is what this Love and War tour has been about. You know, I have called several girls. Said I, didn't, I didn't know Drew Sedora. I didn't know Tiffany Evans. Um, I, I, didn't, I don't know. Um, I don't. I didn't know any of that.
1: Well, James even went live from the dentist office. And although we couldn't see him... Maybe his teeth were missing. This is what happened when he went live to tell us about his visit to the dentist.
2: Assumptions and how people feel and what people think they know. I am at the dentist. It has to be fixed. And that's what's happening right now. So don't get online saying what didn't happen, it didn't happen. And no, I'm not going to show my face. My face is beat. If you guys see my face, you can be pissed off. My face is it's toe up so right now
8: I have to get teeth fixed that's damaged so
2: um I'm not gonna show my face but I will show that I'm at the dentist right now right now getting my teeth fixed Okay, so enough with the everybody's lying and all that. Enough with that stuff. And I know I was told don't get on live, but I just think people have assumptions and they say what they want to say. So yeah, here we are on live, and like I said,
1: I'm getting my teeth fixed. I was attacked for no reason. The anger of the, the anger of Well, since November and the incident that went down for all of us to watch, we've all had opinions. It's now going straight to the courthouse because James Wright Chanel is suing Krishan Rock over the ledge assault. Now, James is saying that Krishan struck him several times using a hand with large champion style rings, which caused multiple face lacerations and two broken teeth. Now, she was on the show and we've seen what he's talking about. She had uh, the the rings that spelled something out. One of the rings was missing because we believe that Blueface had it, but he's in jail. So we're going to let him, we're going to let him dodge this bullet. No pun intended. Now he also alleges that she called him a homophobic slur in the aftermath of the incident. Now, James is suing Krishan for the assault and battery and emotional distress, and he's seeking compensation for his medical bills and other damages. Um, I'm running on a no crime campaign. So I have to say that crime is wrong. And I think that crime should be punished. And if Krishan punched you in the face with those rings and it wasn't self-defense, she should be punished. However, I will say that whoever invited her down there to be a part of this clout circus and who put her in the middle of all of that, who served her and her team drinks to get her in her Krishan mode so she can go viral People were saying the tickets weren't ticketing and that the, the, the that the show wasn't selling and that you all used her for clout, you should go to jail too. You guys use that girl for clout, there were 2,222 and a half posts on social media about every single thing Krishan did, wore, said, what she looked like, whether her tooth was in and out, whether his tooth was in and out, whether there was a patty pie in the room, what (laughs) drinks she drank, what mixers were mixed, how many guest passes she had, didn't have, you quitting, getting back onto her, laving. Tamar sounded off, didn't sound off, put the bonnet on, came back to sound off again, clarified, unclarified, unfollowed, followed, it's been a circus. It's been a circus all the while under the veil of not wanting to be in any drama. You invited Krishan Rock there. What did you think was going to follow? It's a Zeus Network production everywhere she goes, even when they're not there. So I don't understand the the capacity in which you all think, but you got what you asked for. Now you want to go to court and get money? It better be small claims court at best. You don't deserve more than that. A tooth ain't worth more than $5,000, and neither are any of the outfits, because I've seen you guys. I mean, nobody's wearing a $5,000 outfit over there. Now, me, put my Alexander McQueen outfit back up. Do we have it? That's $5,000. Shout out to TDE and SZA for inviting Ooh, look at me. I'd have slept with me. (laughs) Well, either way, I just, I'm over the whole thing. Let Krishan move on and... uh, go live from Blueface getting released. When Blueface get out of jail, she gonna be there to to pick him up the way that Bobby picked up Whitney or Whitney mm-hmm. picked up Bobby. Mm-hmm. And James. I don't know, it's a lot. I don't wanna make fun of anybody that got assaulted because assault is wrong, but Krishan was there by herself too. Her friends weren't even in the room for what she said allegedly. She was allegedly. In there by herself when this all went down. And if she felt like somebody was walking up on her and getting aggressive, you know, she you know, maybe she did what she had to do. What do y'all think?
11: <laughs> Listen, like you said, if if it was an unjustified attack, then she should of course be held responsible. Um, but also, like you said, what did they think this experience was gonna be to invite this girl to therefore a twerk contest and get her liquored up? Like, come on!
6: <laughs> I feel bad, cause I feel like when it now when it rains it pours for real in Krishan's world. Like first they were dragging her for the face tattoo, they were dragging her for calling.
1: Well, she should be dragged. Well, yeah, <laughs> they now were dragging her for
6: going on live, calling Palestine, Pakistan, she that did. whole thing yeah but again
1: she doesn't know no no she doesn't know
6: she but she was saying more stuff about the that whole conflict i don't want to slander her but this is just i feel like she's going down bad right now
11: she's just turn off the live just turn it off a little bit
6: turn off the live (laughs) do you think something do you think she'll be like I'm not, I'm not going
1: to speculate I'm not going to speculate on if she'll be sharing a cell with Blueface I mean <laughs> this could be her way of trying to get closer to Blueface because we all know he's serving time right you know hopefully he gets kicked out of Joe on the upcoming episode with DDG I actually asked DDG to go visit Blueface with me you're going to have to wait and watch what happens and side note I ordered all the Blueface merch where's my shit we're going to cancel. Whoever
6: is sending that out is slow as hell. We're
1: going to charge it back. Y'all have like 3 days to send me my free blue face merch. You
6: bought one of everything. It was like 30 things. You don't need
1: to tell my business. Okay, I'm
6: sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Either
1: way, Krishan, we hope that you see your way through this. James Wright Chanel, can you eat, can you can can you eat a pie now? I mean, with the missing teeth and all? All right, well that's it. Bye Krishan. Bye, boy. This
6: one's going
1: to be open. Club Shay Shay done got hella messy, (laughs) y'all. Okay, Monique called everybody out. We couldn't even put a name in the title because she done called everybody out. Club Shay Shay, as you all know, interviewed Cat Williams and burnt the internet down with over 50 million views. And I'm going to give you a round of applause. Thank you, Shannon for showing that you straight niggas are messy too. Uh. (laughs) Because Shannon Sharp, you are the messiest queen on the internet right now. And you know what, you may have been uh, running plays on the yard, but you are running the plays that Miss Wendy Williams created from a long time ago and that I picked up the torch to run, but you are running and blazing it down. And what I hope you know is that all these views that you're enjoying and all this money and these clicks, you're going down a path of no return you are gonna be the new messy queen on the internet. Ooh. And I don't care what anybody say, they can say, don't you emasculate that black man like that. I ain't calling you gay, but I ain't calling you none of that. What I'm saying is you doing the work the sissy's doing, you're doing it well. And we love you for that. Because what you're normalizing now is just real conversations with real people. And so I honor you, Shannon, as one of us. And I'm not saying... <laughs> one of us. I'm saying one of us who actually put power into the microphone and ask real questions. Now, after witnessing Cat Williams burn the internet down on the Shannon Sharp Club Shay Shay podcast, Monique has followed in his steps and added fuel to the flames. And this flame is so hot, it looked like flame Monroe, okay? In addition to calling out her fellow comics like Cat did, Monique also spoke about being shelved in Hollywood and the mistreatment of Taraji P. Henson during the Oprah's The Color Purple filming. Now, what I will say this is this. Regardless of what you feel about Miss Oprah, by the way, Oprah and all of Ozempic pulled up to the Grammys. (laughs) Oprah, Kelly Clarkson, her former boss, she was half of herself, for real. Everybody is sucking that Ozempic stick like me, and that's why we all look great, and I'm not mad. So shout out to Ozempic, whoever created it, whoever funded it, whoever gave it to all y'all fat asses, y'all look good. Oprah, 70 years old out there. I know that new body. Now that outfit you pulled up in like the tina turner with that beside pony no because you're still 70 not age shaming love the seniors i'm just saying (laughs) well monique went on club shay shay and she read everybody for filth and club shay shay sat there and act like he didn't know what was happening you knew what you was having it's your messy ass listen what monique had to say about uh being shelved and taraji p henson so
14: what they said was, we're going to beat Monique really good. We're going to sit her down. And, and, and I made it public financially. My family took a hit, Shannon. And when I tell you, we took a hit. Right. We took a hit. So when you see our sister go through that, you see her go through and. We act like our eyes didn't see what it saw when we watched that promotion happen mm-hmm. with the color purple. Right. We wanted to act like we didn't see how Oprah Winfrey treated Taraji. In my humble opinion, when you saw her walk up, you saw that there was tension. You saw that there was something happening. Right. And then when you see Taraji write her a love letter, it's like, listen... We got to stand tall and stand strong on what we know you. We know you were mistreated. We know it wasn't right. We know it was unfair. And then you turn around and say, oh, but Lady O handled it. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because that allows Lady O to keep on doing what she's doing. And we in a position of, I don't want to say nothing because we saw how Monique got whooped. Now, again, that's just my humble opinion. But I don't know what else to, I don't know how else to frame that. It's like, listen, you better fix that because you saw what they did to her. You saw how they treated her.
1: Okay, um, before I get into my opinion, what do you think?
11: (sighs) It's hard because we did see Monique disappear. And don't nobody want that to happen. And Taraji did seem very, 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 very distraught. At, at the onset of this conversation. So, I mean, where there's smoke, there might be some fire.
1: Well, what does she expect to get from Oprah? Oprah Winfrey is 70 years old. She's a billionaire. She doesn't care, <laughs> Monique. She doesn't. You need to call Logic and figure out how to get closure. You got it from Lee Daniels and you guys had a moment thanks to our friend T.S. Madison, but that moment is gone. Tyler Perry calls you, you secretly recorded his conversation and put some of that out. What else do you think they owe you? You've gone on every show and told your story. Your story's been told. So now what? Pick up the pieces, you and your man, pull them draws up and get to work. You had a special at Netflix, you know, Oprah Winfrey and Taraji's relationship is what it is. And if Taraji wants to defend her, are you now starting a union for black actresses where you're gonna become their advocate against the black lady-o? You've since danced your way into losing weight and Oprah's danced her way into Olympic. You both look great. <laughs> you both are phenomenal black women. We love you both. Monique was one of my favorite comedians at one point. She's mm-hmm. still one of the most funniest women mm. ever, funniest comedians ever. But now it is giving angry black women. It's giving that. It's giving let me shit on every black woman that ever shit on me until I get the black women to understand why black women need to be honored. It's do it's you're double speaking. Okay. Have you reached out to Oprah anymore? I don't know. The breakfast club gave you donkey today, the then they took their donkey back. I'm not holding my mule. My opinion is what it is at this moment until it changes. Monique was supposed to be our last guest on the Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee podcast. And actually, on my way to the airport to go interview her, she canceled yep, I with no explanation. And it was the really nice, nastiest apology for her. It's like, oh, you know, like there was no consideration. So to watch her call everybody out for not being given consideration. Or Lady O not being considerate, you did the same thing to a black-owned media company. So you and your husband, with your freak nasty asses, (laughs) did it to me. So what's the difference? Um, I I I think what you're doing is criminal because you're being very manipulative, and nobody feels sorry for you, not over here. So I know that Charlemagne walked his, apology, his his donkey of the day back because, you know, he's been in therapy longer than me and he <laughs> believes that by some way apologizing for your feelings was the important thing to do. You walked, you called him Lenard. You walked him through the apology. Um, do I think Oprah does enough for black media? No, I've called her out for that. Do I think that Oprah could be a nasty person? I don't know. I've met her once or twice. And one moment I had a great experience. The other one, I was screaming her name and she couldn't hear me. So, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But I still, Oprah's still Oprah. She's done a a lot for the black community. She's done a lot for Africa. She's done a lot uh, over her life. And ultimately, she doesn't owe anybody anything. Now, she does owe good working conditions. And I think when you're on an Oprah production, you know, you should have a nice trailer you should have nice food you should i mean we all know the food i mean she has part ownership in weight watchers there should be like no problem with craft services right and taraji being a big artist that she is although last time i saw you taraji it was giving kind of it was giving kind of not enough for me you were a disappointment All of you guys are caught up in your egos. Nobody gives a fuck about your egos, or your money, or your little dresses, or your little lack of comedy shows, or your cancellations, nobody cares. These are rich people fucking problems. There are real problems happening in the world, okay? Why, because I'm looking at them. We're tired of hearing about you and Sydney conspiring to bring down black Hollywood. Go get some money and invest in your own projects. I built a multi-million dollar brand from scratch on my own. You mean to tell me with an Oscar, with a shiny award that means something to all the white folks you're still trying to please is not enough for you to go and find somebody to give you two nickels to rub together and create a production of your own? Do you not have the talent? You don't need to have Netflix give you millions of dollars. You could have went, got your little two nickels, you and your husband are freaks, launch your OnlyFans account, run up the money, Go rent a theater for $5,000, film it yourself, and then put it on Backdoor or some other platform where you can make some money. Why is everything about the affection of white people and taking down Oprah? Oprah did more for black people than you ever did with any joke you ever gave. And by the way, I'm tired of the gray streaks. They're just it's not giving. I'm tired of holding my mule for you everybody feeling sorry for you. You shitting on Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry has done a lot more for black people than you ever have. When Whitney Houston died years ago after my party, he lent his plane to flying her to her family, her dead body. When um, Fantasia was homeless or lost all her money, Tyler Perry is the one that carried her for a couple of years. Tyler Perry Used to sleep in a Geo Metro with his big old long ass, homeless, and built a billion-dollar brand and don't owe nobody shit. So why is Tyler Perry a continuum of this attack? At some point, somebody need to call you out for being a big, nasty, trifling bully who burnt bridges and don't nobody want to let you back over here. I wouldn't trust you the way you behave. You can be good for Club Shay Shay, but I just know he didn't give you a check for all the millions of dollars he about to get from your interview. So while you're competing for clicks, they competing for checks. That's why Tyler was in the conversation about buying the BET network from a white woman while you were sitting there trying to bash him. God don't reward ugly. And right now, hold on.
2: You show is ugly. <laughs>
11: Robert, that was another good old read. That was not a read. That was a
3: read.
1: Well, let me give her this one then.
14: I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare
1: you? I mean, was it true though? It was was a very good, concise perspective. Now everybody has their head up her ass and people, oh my God, we just want to see everybody get together. No. (laughs) No, no, some people don't need to get together. And Charlemagne, shame on you, because you, are, you always say, uh, you, see, you send them healing energy. She needs to heal. Well, how, This has been going on for 29,000, this has been going on since 29 BC.
6: Oh, not before
1: Christ. Okay, how many more days do we need to hear about how Oprah wronged you? Okay, she didn't give you a chicken wing outside of the, uh, the, 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 the color purple trailer, who cares? She called Oprah. Oprah gave her a trailer. She's done. We saw one clip of them on the Empire State Building where Oprah never been. Oh, my God. Look, we're reading their body language. All you forensic body language (laughs) artists out there, your forensic experience led you to read uh, the Ozempic-filled body of Oprah Winfrey and Taraji P. Bad Boy Henson. Baby Boy. Whatever the hell that movie's called. (laughs) I just don't know how much longer I can take it. Unplug. Me from the world of Monique as we know it. Monique, your, your Netflix special was trash. I know that you have a lot to say about Netflix should have gave you lots of money. When I watched it, they saved, they dodged a bullet. Because if they would have gave you all that money for that. Now, the Monique, when you were blowing powder milk out your titty. Monique, you were funny. You're not funny anymore. Like that. You look like granny that just mad. Just mad. And you like Ralph White are gonna ruin your legacy. Ralph White, the, the slumlord poverty pimp that I put on my platform. And it's sad because you're so passive aggressive. You know, hey sweetheart, you, you know, I know, I know you're kind. I deal with you all the time. They're called record labels. Promote our artists please because you know they're phenomenal. Bitch, break the bag. So I don't feel the same way that everybody feels. And I don't care if I never get the interview, I would love to have this conversation with you in person because I'm going to keep the same energy, but this not the energy you want. Shea Shea's messy ass. What he's going to do is say, well, We're going to tell us, Moni, what you think? And he's going to let you lay everybody out. And then he's going to go live and say, I didn't know why she did all that. What? what? You knew what she was doing, Shay Shay. <laughs> what you think?
6: Well, I don't think there's much to add after that, but. I will say in a positive light, that's one of the best photos I've seen of Monique <laughs> up there. And
1: you're being shady. Shady. <laughs>
6: oh, no, I know it's Whew. not shade. I think she looks good.
1: Can I just take this moment to say I respect everybody who comes on the Jason Lee show after this podcast because you show that you're like, like DDG pulling up, one of my favorite people now. Blueface has more curves than a lot of you people because they. They have no fear to come and face the fire, to keep it real. Like, this is not a platform where we want to kiss ass to get it. We're not going to do that. We're just going to keep it real. Now, if you want to come and set her, set her straight, you're more than welcome to. But, um, but Monique is a beautiful woman. Let me say that. She's beautiful. But her, her, her behavior is just so annoying that it just, it just taints. You know what the taint is, right?
4: Mm-mm.
1: <laughs> Blow the balls. It's Between. Go home and ask your man to lick but the, the taint. gooch?
6: That's Great. the taint. Oh, I never
1: heard that. Anyway. Well, after defending one black woman in Hollywood, Monique then caught out another one because that's what she does. Tiffany Haddish, our friend to the show and my future baby mama. Now in 2018, Tiffany spoke on Monique's drama with Netflix, 2018. And she suggested that Sidney Hicks, Mo's husband, who doubles as her manager, was hurting mm-hmm. her career. Mm-hmm. And Monique, of course, went back five years because she hasn't healed. Oh, let me also say a disclaimer. I'm not saying all this because she attacked Tiffany. Because that's what they're going to say. Oh, he's only doing that because he's friends with Tiffany. No. Because this is just what I think. This is what she said about Tiffany. Oh, beautiful
14: sister Tiffany Haddish. Mm Mm-hmm. Did an interview with GQ magazine and this in my humble opinion is where we keep throwing each other under the bus. Mm -hmm. You're doing an interview with GQ magazine and I'm assuming the journalist was a white person Mm -hmm. and the conversation turned to Monique. And she said, well, I don't do business like Monique do business and I'm glad I don't have that husband of hers.
13: But she don't know your husband.
14: And when I saw that, it's like, Tiffany, if you had a husband like mine, you may not have two DUIs. Mm. If you had a husband like mine, you may not be caught up in what looks like you could have been grooming a child. Mm -hmm. And I say all of that with no judgment. But when you speak about having a husband like mine, you open up the door. And I'm saying to you, if you had one like mine. You may not sit in these positions that you can't explain the next day. Right. Or it's a hard way to go. So once again. Well, she doesn't even have a husband. Let alone like yours. Well, well, damn it. Now you said it. I sipped on that, Shannon. (laughs) That was a sip. That required a
1: sip. Uh, I saw this uh, photo online of uh, Shannon Sharp turning into Wendy Williams. That was shade, you know. And again, he gaslit you, Monique, to continue the shade uh, against another black woman. So you're you're full of double speaking and co- uh, 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 you know what do you say when you say one thing, do another contradiction. Contradiction. You're you're embedded in contra- your whole life is a contradiction, right? Um, but you know, you slammed Tiffany and and basically said the only way a woman doesn't make mistakes is by having a man in her life. I have lots of sisters who don't make mistakes, some of which that don't have a man in their life. And those that do have a man in their life aren't their father protecting them from making mistakes. Uh, Your husband has sat with you through a lot of the mistakes you've made and how you've dealt with this issue. Um, And how's it working for you? Because I don't see anything else happening from Netflix I don't see anything else happening from anywhere else. I don't see your face on any big billboards in Hollywood. I don't see you at any premieres being honored and respected, and you're going to blame it all on you attacking Oprah and Tyler Perry, but it's just because you you come off nasty, nice, nasty. You know, maybe you should become a housewife of Atlanta. Take Candy's peach and go over there and figure it out with the girls. You know It's a check. You're yeah, a good one) <laughs> Well, I also would like to say that they keep bringing up this video with Tiffany grooming a kid. Tiffany was not grooming a kid. So it's like gaslighting this narrative that's not true because you know people are going to go, she was, she was, she was. Okay, well, whatever. Now, in addition to Tiffany, Monique again called out Tyler Perry and Oprah and her past issues with our friend, DL Hughley. Listen. I do DL's t- uh, radio show. Yes.
14: DL Hughley is not there. His team is there. And Shannon, we having a great time. When we get to the end of the show, they say, <coughs> Monique, you want to play a game? Well, I want to play. I said, sure, sugar. And it's a game <laughs> called Would You Rather, okay? They said, Monique, we want to play a game of Would You Rather. Would you rather your husband sleep with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Stephens without one? What? So I said, I'm going to call my brother. I call D.L. Hughley on the phone. I say, hey, baby. Yeah. Huh? That's how he responds. (laughs) I say, listen, I just got off the phone with your team and they wanted to play this game. Would you rather ask me about my husband and Lee Daniels and Corinne Stephens and his exact words? Well, that's how
1: we do it. Every question don't need to be answered. Right? So, again, I don't know. For me, it's double speaking. It's a contradiction. Am I missing something? Please correct me if I'm wrong.
11: No, but I, I I said this before, too. Like, this situation on this Shannon Sharp show is just... It's starting to feel like... I don't i don't want to say anything shady. It's starting to feel like people who are just, like, throwing stuff at other artists who are a little bit more successful, who, had like, who have attained a little bit more than them in their careers. Um, that's what it's starting to give off to me. And l- using that as kind of a launching pad to get back in the public eye. So, it's getting messy and yeah. weird. Yeah.
14: I don't
6: know. I just... And I, I do love Monique, but I just feel like Kat blew up. And if that interview didn't blow up, I don't know if they would give this platform to, that Shay Shay and Monique would give the platform to go off on people. Because it does feel like now they're just throwing all the stones. But I love Cat and Monique, so.
1: And we love Shay Shay. I, I love it. And um, it's turning into a different type of show, which is cool. Because mm-hmm. well, I'm telling you, once you go viral and you start getting that viral money, it's hard to go back because this is a numbers game, what you gonna do? Go and interview Iggy Azalea, and go down <laughs> <No>. to 25 <laughs> views? No, well, DL Hughley heard what she said and this is what he said.
13: Well, Club Shay Shay is getting messier and messier. Uh, it's almost like Wendy Williams didn't go anywhere, she just got a waste it. Um, so Monique was on, every time I see Monique these days, she's on uh, doing some greasy ass video with her and her daddy complaining about something. Or working out. I don't know nobody that work out that much and gain weight unless every crunch you do has got captain in front of it. But apparently she goes on Club Shay Shay and tells the story about how she came on my radio show and I wasn't there at the time. And, uh, uh, my co-host Jasmine Sanders played a game that we played all the time with everybody called Would You Rather. She apparently was so offended by that that she says she got off. She called me. Monique did, and she said I was very dismissive, like, huh, Monique's a liar. When Monique did call me, I heard her, her complaints, I listened to her, and I pulled the segment. So if I had been as dismissive as she alleges I was, that segment would have aired. It didn't, because I respected her wishes. She's a liar. Liar. It it's also befuddles the shit out of me, how somebody who has a comedian talks as much shit about everybody else as she does. She has the temerity to be offended about anything, as much shit as you say about people. Then she encouraged everybody, uh, allegedly it stems from the fact that I used to always talk shit about her on video after video. And she encouraged her sweet babies to look at the video and find them. Do that. Do exactly what she says. And you know what you're not going to find? You're not going to find any evidence evidence of that. Because Monique is a fucking liar. She's lying about that. But what you will find is Monique talking shit about some uh, uh, alleged contract dispute we had. Look at the ticket. It says D.L. Hughley, then Monique. She knows the story. But what she did in response to that, she talked about my dog, my wife. This broad even brought out my daughter's personal trauma. My daughter was molested and Monique bought that shit out and and told the world that I allowed my daughter to be raped in front of me. The lying motherfucker. She knows she was lying. And it only stopped when everybody from my family checked her. It's interesting. You know what else you won't see? Monique doing you won't ever see her with her family videos with her children or grandchildren because nobody fucks with me. How do you have sweet babies when your own babies don't fuck with you? How do how do you love us for real when there's no evidence of anybody loving you for real except your daddy who you apparently have to pay? And FYI, daughters are paid for by daddies, not daddies who get paid by their daughters. You know what else you won't see Monique doing? Telling jokes. Monique, uh, if she had spent as much time actually writing jokes and writing her Netflix special as she did complaining about not having one, it wouldn't have been trash. It got the worst reviews of any Netflix special in history because that's what Monique does. She complains and she has grievances. You never see her being a human being. You never see her being sweet and warm to people.
1: Is this the appropriate time to say D.L. Hughley is coming on the Jason Lee show? Well, we can just delete all the things I said before because I hadn't even seen that. And he said it. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't lie. I just say what the world sees. I didn't say all the other stuff he said, but I can't wait to interview D.L. We yeah. just suffered an earthquake, by the way. While we're watching that video, an earthquake literally just that. shook You didn't feel it. You didn't at, see you the did, earth. You didn't, how much? 4.7, 4.7, 4.7 earth. You didn't feel The chandelier was moving. My whole you laptop didn't feel was it?
6: like. Yeah,
1: there was an earthquake.
6: You felt it? Yeah. It was huge and long. I was just because, in a
1: read, Or maybe that was Monique getting closer to the screen.
6: <laughs> you know
1: what? <laughs> Either way, Monique hopped back on her Instagram live with her husband, <laughs> aka daddy. And address DL. Look,
14: I posted what you said. And then when you said on on your when you were really going for it with your shades on and you said, Monique said, I stood by and watched my daughter be raped. DL Hughley, that's your conscience talking to you, brother. I never said that. I never said that. And I want to be a little clear about something else. Never would I try to do anything to harm any of your babies, because we got babies too. So never would I try to do anything to harm your children. However, what I was saying to your daughter and to the other daughters out there, I know what it's like for your daddy to know you've been touched and he not protect you, because my daddy did the same thing. That's what that whole point was, but I was showing why I would call you a coward, brother. I don't think it's brave. That you didn't protect your baby. So, so when I said what I was saying, let me be clear to you, D.L. Hughley, it had nothing to do in reference to your family. And you know that. Now, when you were speaking and you were going off and you said, um, uh, what did he say? She was so offended by the game we play, but you didn't say what the offense was. And that's the part for me that is disheartening, that you continue to try to trick and smoke and mirror our people. If you're going to say it, say it all the way through. When you say family is sacred, you are absolutely right, baby. You're right. But when you say would my husband rather and you co-sign your team of people doing that, well, isn't my husband sacred? So you got to be careful in your words because the very words you use, D.L., they're going to come back and they're coming back to bite you, baby. And what I, what I also said on Club Shay Shay, when I looked in that camera, I said, D.L., I love you, brother. And I don't know if you didn't hear that part, but we really do. We love you, brother. And if ever you get courageous enough to want to have a conversation, we're always open to it because doing that, it shows how our community can get better. When you're wrong, as we have said to you, hey, brother, we apologize on that one.
1: Yeah, incorrect. What type of medication are you guys taking? You gaslight somebody by attacking them and then invite them to a resolution? Fuck out of here. Like when you choose your bed, lay peacefully like this. <laughs> In it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that to me was passive aggressive, manipulative, dangerous, borderline mentality behavior. In my opinion, I've seen mental health.
11: It's there. What did you did? That was that was disgusting. And w- like what you said before with this makes so much more sense the contradiction of words for her to be like oh your words will come back to bite you but then she's using his daughter's trauma as as a weapon like that was disgusting like, for her to say, oh, I didn't say that you watched your daughter get raped. I said you didn't protect her from it. Like, why are you Why would you even speak on it?
1: And it's almost like the election that I'm in now with them bringing up me being molested and surviving molested and mm-hmm. talking about it in my book and bringing it up mm-hmm. to weaponize it against me and connect it to my sexuality, which is crazy. But this is what crazy people do. I'm sorry, Monique. If the only person that is a mirror to your behavior is daddy... Daddy must be dicking you down to where you are blinded by reality. Because I'm telling you right now, you need to you need to watch re-watch all of what you just said and did. And you need to rewatch this show so you can look at yourself. Because I'm telling you, what I see is such a disappointment because of how much we love. You are a queen of comedy. How you, fought, how you lose your crown? Because so, D.L. saw what you had to say and he responded and it, uh, clearly Tiffany approved the message. Take a look. All right.
13: I, I'm taking time to respond to Monique again. She made another greasy ass video with her daddy. We um, re- kind of relitigating some of the stuff she said on Club Shay Shay, where she talked about how she was on the show and somebody, you know, they played a game. Would you rather? And I guess she felt like they insulted her husband's sexuality, which is interesting because she can always talk shit about everybody else's sexuality. But I guess her husband's sacrosanct. He's off limit. But a hit dog will bark unless his mouth is full. But she talked about, well, she didn't actually call her lawyer. Who the fuck would be afraid of your lawyer? Your lawyer, you mean the lawyer that did your contract? The law, That lawyer, the lawyer from the firm of Negro, Negro, Negro from ghetto, got him and gone. That lawyer? Who the fuck afraid of him? He couldn't get your name right on the ticket. He gonna get it right on a, on a legal document. It didn't happen because we decided it shouldn't happen. We didn't. You didn't need to because we respect people. We don't have to do things for t- for, for clicks. They took it off because you asked me to. Because I respected you at the time. You also talked about how I um, disrespect you on so many platforms, uh, but you have yet, you have this impeccable memory where you can tell to the degree, well, who did what to you and why and what happened, where you were, but you can't pull up one time on any platform that I said anything about you at all because you know you're lying. You got that piece of paper and that big ass memory, but you can't pull one up. My biggest mistake is saying yes to you. I should have said no when you came on my. You couldn't come on my radio show. I should have said no that I wasn't playing those dates with you. As a matter of fact, I would, almost anybody who says yes to you at some point is 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 in this milieu with you. Almost anybody. So I would suggest anybody out there, you can say yes to drugs but say no to Monique. You talked about how um, my children, families are off They weren't when you were running across Vegas. I mean, on the stage in Detroit, they weren't when you talking shit on social media. When you got your ass whipped and your tickets dropped, then they became off limits. But let's do this. Let's decide that you will treat my children like you treat yours, like you don't know them, invisible, like you have no relationship with them. Like you're estranged. You're like you're unfamiliar, like you don't know them. You also intimated that I was coward. You know what I'd never do? I would never let my woman take care of me. I would never let my woman get evicted from her apartment. I would never let my woman has to ask another man for money. I'd never do that. Can your old man say the same? He loves you. Of course, he got to say that. You claim him on your taxes. He's a dependent. He's sitting there with you right now. Uh Uh-huh and everything. Because it ain't like he does anything else. But you never address the salient point. I said that if you spend as much time writing your Netflix special... As you did, arguing about getting it, it wouldn't have been trash. It was. I didn't say it. I defy anybody out there. Stop listening to me. Watch it. Read the reviews. Read the reviews. You beg for something. You made valid points that women are underpaid, that they're not valued. That's absolutely right. So you would think that when you got a chance to do something that you can argue for, you'd be up for the challenge, but you shit the bed because you never are ready for it because all you ever do is complain about what you don't have. You're never ready for the moment because you're always living in the past. I said it. You, if you spent half of your time doing, as opposed to talking about who didn't do for you and what they did for you, you'd be a lot further along. You wouldn't be evicted. You wouldn't be working for your man. You wouldn't be asking other comics for money. So you got all the ingredients, Take that piece of paper that you're running down the list with, and that pen that you got, and that daddy sits next to, you, that daddy sits next to you, and do what you can't, do, do what you never do. Write a fucking joke.
1: Was there a mic drop at the end of that? It <laughs> <laughs> um, DL. I can't wait till you come on the show. There's so much to get into. Uh, well, listen, in the midst of all the back and forth, um, Monique. Says she's going to go on tour with Cat Williams. So I wonder if Club Shay Shay is promoting that. Either way, I'm glad that she's going on tour. Here's her announcement.
14: I want to talk to y'all about our brother, Cat Williams. Now, y'all know that is my fraternal twin brother, non-biological. Okay? And I want to tell y'all about my twin brother, Cat Williams, baby. Guess what? I'm going to be joining my brother, my twin brother, Cat Williams, on the Dark Matter tour. So I'm excited. We are excited. I cannot wait to see y'all, Connecticut. i see y'all tomorrow night with our brother, Cat Williams, Albany, New York, with our brother, Cat Williams. And I'll say this too, and I told him this. I said, for as funny and as talented as you are, your heart is far bigger. Real talk. And that brother then touched our community baby in ways that he's never even talked about. Those are the real ones.
13: Because as they say, real G's move in silence.
14: Oh.
1: Did she just get turned on by his comment? Why is Sydney in every post? Why can't she just do it alone? And who's going to be headlining that tour? Because the minute that Cat headlines and doesn't let you and you become an opener (laughs) to Cat, an Oscar winning opener. Baby, baby, we're going to be right back on Club Shay Shay. This time with our feet up. Cause it's gonna be therapeutic all right well that's it, enough of that there was a lot in today's show right a lot let's just get to thoughts and prayers black history month has arrived and along with it came a forward from monique who didn't fail to remind us of her personal black history in hollywood While we've heard this song and dance before, it hit a little different this time around as Monique has not only been validated by Taraji P. Henson, but by other celebrities who've witnessed her mistreatment firsthand. Now, despite Monique calling out her fellow comedians and reigniting her beef with D.L. Hughley, we will continue to pray that she and other black women in Hollywood would finally be compensated and treated better. Maybe we can get Oprah and Tyler to speak out, too. This is your Jason Lee Show invitation. Hollywood Unlocked already took over the Grammys, so let's take over for the Emmys as well with a bombshell interview from Lady O and Tyler Perry right there on the red carpet. But let's talk about it. We were the only Black-owned media company with an activation at the Grammys during Black History Month, so I'm going to give myself a round of applause for that. What a way to start it off. Who's out here doing it like we are? We'll wait, and that's okay because next year you'll have a chance to do it too. Now nobody and nobody—I mean nobody—did like we did. And then the shame on Tyrese and shame on Tyrese for wanting to change cultures. I mean, we love you, Tyrese, but you can't claim the black community doesn't know how to be black and how to stick together while abandoning us days before Black History Month. Make it make sense, guy. If you're going to highlight a problem, offer a solution, and execute it, that's what you claim these other cultures are doing, then again, we didn't see that supportive behavior from Taylor. Then again, we didn't see that supportive behavior from Taylor Swift when she snubbed the Celine Dion. She was on that stage snatching that trophy up the way Krishan keeps snatching up all these cases. The only person who didn't deserve to be snatched up was Killer Mike. A black man sweeps three Grammys and then gets walked out in handcuffs. Fortunately, he didn't let that overshadow his win and break his spirit. This is the energy we all need all month long and all year long. We stand on business even though I'm not supposed to say that anymore. Like Killer Mike and like Jay-Z and Beyoncé. And if you're not with it, you never belonged in the category anyway. And that's a word from Hove. Shout out to everybody who made today's show possible. Oh my god, it was so messy. This show is not intended to be messy, but shay 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 shame. Okay, that is it for this episode of the Jason Lee podcast. Make sure that you're downloading and streaming it everywhere podcasts uh, exist and that you're subscribed on our YouTube channel watching it. And we do have a show coming up this week with the one and only, let me do a drum roll here. Where's it at? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Tiffany New York Pollard. Listen, I have known this girl since I first moved to L.A. years and years and years ago. We had a great moment, uh, and uh, I'm so excited to be able to show you the episode. Make sure you're tuning into to the Jason Lee episode on the Hollywood Unlocked YouTube channel. And again, it downloads as a podcast everywhere podcast streams the day before. Also, make sure you're following us everywhere on social media. If you're not following my campaign, I have a new campaign. Instagram account is at District6 on Instagram. Go over there and follow so you can watch all of it, and they'll uh, right before the election, March fifth, where I plan to walk home as the councilman. Until then, I'm out. Bye. So Jason Lee podcast.